7 o'clock. You know where your freedom is? Welcome to another edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. Now you may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer to computer contact. That is a idiot idea. Holy macro. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah, who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Hey, everybody. It's Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, the Tuesday edition, broadcasting live, unlike last Friday, uh, on IndieMediaWeekly.com worldwide. And, of course, uh, joining me, as always, on the program, Rain from Four Freedoms blog in Washington, D.C. Hello. Hi. Did you have a good date night on Friday? Uh, we did. It was Excellent. so weird to have two Fridays off in one month. It's so weird, isn't it? So it's weird for me to have one off in a month. <laughs> Is it weird for you, Ken? It, did you it, have a good date night? I had a great date night. It was awesome. I'll tell everybody about that in a minute. Uh, and, of course, Joe Santorsa, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City, also heard on the Tim Carmel Show. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. We had a good, good date night on Friday, too. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So I, I'm we sorry we I uh, went out with uh, Michael Avenatti. He was working our neighborhood. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He he was covering Scranton. He's he's gone south now. There you I go. He's working the East Coast. He's working the East Coast. <laughs> Stormy Daniels lawyer. Uh, what? Yes. Isn't that Avenatti? Isn't that yes. Stormy Daniels lawyer? <laughs> yes. There yes. you go. He's, wow. he's ubiquitous, as we say. Yeah. Joe, you got friends in stormy places. See? Oh, stormy. I love that song, Stormy. Yeah. Uh, but here. Actually, I don't like that song. But. All right. Well, finally, for the very first time in my life, in the flesh, I got to meet my my uh, hero and friend, Graham Bonnet, at the Schenker Fest at the Agora in Cleveland. I was very excited about that, thanks to his tour manager, Giles Lavery. I didn't want to make it a selfie moment. I kind of wanted to be a bit of a professional and talk to him about things that I had in mind because I'm talking about doing an hour, like programming an hour every week dedicated to Graham Bonnet's music, and that seemed to interest his tour manager and him. So it was kind of like I was hoping to take them to lunch, but they couldn't do it. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so I got to meet uh, meet Graham, and it was very nice. And Susan was really tickled because he says "hello, love" to her. So, <laughs> well, uh, his ac- accent's not quite like that. He's uh, but he still does have a little bit of the the British accent, even though he's lived in L.A. for since like 1980. Um, but uh, the show was magnificent. There's a video uh, the, that I took of my favorite song that he did with uh, the Michael Schenker group called Desert Song. Um, there's like an eight minute video over there of that and the audio is really good on it. I thought about playing a little bit on the show tonight, but maybe I'll, I'll do that on Friday because there's so much, so much crap tonight. (laughs) There's so much, look at all this crap. What am I going to do with all this crap? I guess I'm going to have to use it on a show is what I'm going to have to do. (laughs) You have no choice. I, I mean, you know, there's the idea I could take all this crap and I could throw it in a crap can. 
or I could broadcast it out on the airwaves, and then you Funny. can download Trump it. Trump said that today. And then throw it in a crap can. So, yeah. uh, or, you know, you could burn this show onto some uh, three CDs, because it's a three-hour show, so you're going to need that. Uh, you'd have to do some editing, too, to chop it up, burn it to three CDs, throw it in a crap can. That's what you do with this show tonight. <laughs> uh, well, no, if it was strictly just the audio that we were playing tonight, it would be a crap can. But, uh, of course, we're, we're going to have our stellar commentary, right? Stellar. stellar. Pull it out of the crap can. We're going to pull yes. it. We're going to pull it out of the crap can and polish that turd. So we take crap and we make it like ice cream. That's what uh, we do. <laughs> yes, that's we what love we do. Crap ice cream. So oh, mm. it's some velvet and chocolatey. Any crap. ice cream is good. Crap, Even ice, crap cream. ice cream. Crap ice cream. That was my nickname <laughs> in high school, actually. Um, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's my favorite new thing to say about anything. Oh, that was my nickname in high school. Um, so, <laughs> and who knows? Who knows yeah. for sure? <laughs> right. So it's yeah, so yeah. nice to see everybody in the chat room back. Yeah, I missed you all on Friday. And when I say I missed you all, I did miss you all. But I was, I was really kind of happy to have a Friday off. Yeah, I won't yeah. lie. I actually was in the, my seat in the balcony at the Schenker Fest at the Agora, and I logged into the chat room. And I sent everybody a picture of what I was looking at. Uh, so, uh, so, I, I, and I also was checking in to make sure that the special was running. And I'll tell you what, the musicians' roundtable was great, but putting together those best, the best of the Mad Libs for the end of it was ridiculous. It was so funny. <laughs> I f totally forgot about Evangelical Man. <laughs> Evangelical Man with black cape and matching uh, Stormy Daniels thong. So. Uh, with the powers to give, forgot that with the powers to give we, sleazy conservatives a, a mulligan. So, uh, <laughs> and I completely uh, forgot we lost. What the hell was that sound when I was with Jody? Oh yeah, and you know what? I actually was going to do a rematch tonight of that, but then all the news came. I I feel bad about this, but I postponed with Jody Hamilton. Uh, so she's going to be on with us next week. We might do what the hell's that sound. I don't know. I might just want to talk okay. to her about about that show that I went to because she's friends with Robin McCauley, um, which was funny because she told me to say hi to Robin McCauley, who was uh, like uh, the third singer for the Michael Shanker group. It was technically the McCauley Shanker group. But uh, she was like, oh, if you see him, give him a big hug for me. And I'm like, I'm more of a handshaker. But, you know, if I see him, I'll give him a shout out. Um, and I said, I said, Hey, Robin. And he was like, Hey, you know, kind of like, you know, he's kind of far away. I was like, hey, Jody Hamilton wanted me to say hi. He's like, Oh, I see you every Christmas at, and then somebody else started talking to him. And then I sent her a message and I said, one, I said that she does a radio show on my network and stuff. And then he had to run along. But, um, so I, I sent Jody a message and I said, Oh yeah. I, he told me that he sees you every year for Christmas at someone's party but he got cut off and he didn't tell me. And then she finished the story for me. And I'm not going to tell it because I don't know nice. if it's, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's another celebrity, uh, another rock celebrity that I really like. Uh, but I don't think it's, it's appropriate for me to divulge, uh, you know, specifics about it. She might, you know, on the show, but it's, I don't think it's my place, but it was cool because she confirmed the story. And so it's, you know, so she knew it was legit. You know? Um, so and I said, kind of thing that's fun. Isn't it? Yeah. Because I get the feeling that you're kind of like me, where it's fun to know people who are famous, but you don't want to be a fanboy. Mm-hmm. Are, are you like that, Ken? Because I know I am. Exactly like that. 
And and you know, so it's just kind of nice to be like, hey, this person said this, and yeah, that kind of thing. It just it feels good. It feels good because yeah. being a fangirl is not my gig. It just, oh, it, and one other story too, because actually somebody was like, oh, well, you know, we were saying it by the tour buses because Giles sent me a message, the tour uh, hit, uh, Graham's tour manager because they travel separate from the rest of the tour. And some guy from the Agora was like, um, are you guys with the tour? And I said, I, and I said, Giles just sent me a message. He's, you know, Graham's tour manager. He told me to meet him out here. I need, we're going to talk for a couple minutes. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll go get him. So that was cool. Um, but what was funny too is, um, the, uh, the bass player, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the sensational Alex Harvey band, but the sensational Alex, Alex Harvey band was like kind of a, a kind of a garage rock kind of outfit in the, um in the seventies and their rhythm section ended up going to play for the Michael Schenker group, which is uh, Ted McKenna on drums and Chris. Um, God damn it. Why can't I remember his last name? I just put a post on Facebook about him. Chris Glenn, Chris and Chris Glenn was standing out. Uh, and, and I, I said hi to him and I was like, Chris, Hey, I'm a big fan. He was really nice. And he was like, Oh, I played at the original Agora way back in the day and started telling all these stories about Cleveland and stuff that I didn't even know. He's like, how old are you? And I was like, I was born in 71. He's like, oh, I've got underpants older than you. <laughs> and I, and I, I said, I do too, but that's a story for another day. So, and, uh, yeah, so that was, that was one of my other fun interactions. And one of my former coworkers, my friend Sue Lee, showed up uh, and sat with me and Susan, and it was fun. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, anyway, um, let's get into stuff that's I'm not glad, fun. I'm glad you had a good Friday night. I really <laughs> yeah, it was am, nice. It was, it was really nice. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see that show, to see four different singers that work with one of my favorite guitarists in on one stage, it, it, plus the classic rhythm section. I mean... Really, just a once in a lifetime opportunity, and of course, Graham Bonnet is my personal favorite singer of all time. So, uh, you know, that was good. But anywho, um, something that isn't quite as exciting. Um, it's it's terrifying, but uh, there's been a big um, a big news story that's been breaking over the last several days, and that's uh, regarding Cambridge Analytica. Of course, this is the firm that the Trump cult used to uh, play all kinds of insane shenanigans during the uh, election by mining Facebook for content, not only by users, but, uh, well, like, uh, what they say, 50 million users, users and all their friends. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's just nuts. It's absolutely nuts. And this story is, is blowing up. And, of course, thank you, uh, uh, Channel 4 News out of the U.K., for blowing this thing up. Um, th this first clip here um, is from Andy Davis from 4 News talking to Chris Wiley, who was he was basically one of the, the data scientists behind all of this, and now he feels terrible about what he's done. Uh, so he's kind of spilling the beans about this. And, I, I'm, and Rain, thank you for sending this audio. It was like a 15-minute video, but I was able to mine out like seven clips from it, and they're all roughly around a minute long. A uh, minute to a minute and a half. Um, okay. So here's the first yeah, one. I just want to say that oh, yeah, this, this Wiley guy, he really has become a whistleblower. Yes. In in my in the way I see it, because this story mm -hmm. first broke on the Guardian, yeah. and but the Guardian it was just 
not that when I say just, it was just print. Having audio and video is amazing. It really is. So it really is. So here's a here's a a little bit of setup for this. Um, and uh, it's about how computers know more about you than people do. We begin this story in Cambridge. It's 2013, and at the university psychometric center, they're delving into the world of Facebook and psychology. Into what glimpses into the soul might your Facebook likes reveal? Cutting-edge research, which Chris Wiley was quick to spot and now helps explain. On social media, you curate yourself. You put so much information about who you are in one single place. Um, so whenever you go and you like something, you are giving me a clue as to who you are as a person. And so all of this can be captured very easily and run through an algorithm that learns who you are. When you go to work, right, your coworkers only see one side of you. Your friends only see one side of you, but a computer sees all kinds of sides of you. And so we can get better than human level accuracy at predicting your behavior. Really? Yes, absolutely. Some dispute that. But for Chris Wiley, then just 23, the notion was as seductive as it was potentially lucrative. Yes, computers know your greasy undercarriage. You know, they, and your <laughs> underwear that's older than 1972 or 71. So, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so says Chris Glenn. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so he raises a really great point there because, of course, when you go to work, you're not showing, you know, even when you're at work and you're, if you have internet access or if you're on your phone or something, you're not sharing, sharing that information with anybody. You know, they don't know if you're, you know, uh, you know, nobody knows if I'm reading a CNN story. Nobody knows if, I, you know, I mean, there's some people that do, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, nobody knows, you know, if you're looking at porn, nobody knows if you're watching, you know, cartoons or, uh, you know, looking up recipes or, or what the hell ever, you know, it's like we are so tuned in to the Internet on a personal level that you you really are getting a multifaceted snapshot that can be used against you if you are of weak mind. I like to think well, that we here aren't. I Yeah, I don't... I'd like to believe that I'm not. I don't want to speak on behalf of other people. But the thing that you just mentioned, um, that's outside of Facebook and outside of social media. You know, like, if you're going to, to CNN, your computer might have a cookie. Yeah. You know, in your, in your cache. Mm -hmm. But what Wiley is talking about is mining social media. True, true. And and not only that, but a lot of us with our circles of friends and things like that, we are going to be posting stuff. We're going to be sharing stuff. Um, and, you know, and even if we share stuff in a personal chat, I, I've noticed that, you know, there, there are, it looks like all of that information has been used, you know. Yeah, that's probably true. So, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, because there are people out there on Facebook that have, you know, 300 friends. I think they, they say like 400 is about the average amount of friends on Facebook. And there are people out there who will share uh, on Facebook, you know, uh, uh, you know, how many times they farted that day. I mean, they'll, they'll get that personal. 
you know. I mean, I farted like, this many times. And one more. That's how many today. But, yeah, so, so Joe, I mean, I think that's... But anyway, give, give us your thoughts, Joe, before we get to the next I, I, I only... Uh, I only post my sharts, not my farts. I'm mm. cutting down. Yeah. Understood. <laughs> yeah. They, the, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I took a Facebook mouthful thing. of cabbage. <laughs> That's I thought exactly. it was a mouthful of sharts. No. <laughs> oh, Thankfully not. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe Friday. Actually, I have to say this, this whole thing, this whole uh, Facebook thing freaks me out. The Cambridge Analytical thing. I think... And I told this to Rain and, and you over the weekend. Uh, this is the nexus of the entire conspiracy right here. Oh, it, it to me, it always has been. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this, 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 this connection this between Cambridge and Trump is the nexus of the entire Russian. Because there's the other aspect, which I'm sure you're going to cover later, is that Cambridge got involved with... Luke Oil, which is an important important part of this whole story, that sometimes gets watered out. You know, well, if from- it's not, yeah, if it's not in here, we'll definitely revisit it for us later because, I, uh, you know, uh, they they was so so overwhelming all this news. I might have missed it, but we'll see. So, um, but yeah, so let's listen to to clip two. Uh, this because hey, um, who who wanted to hire Cambridge Am- Analytica uh, for uh, the Trump cult? The company he worked for, Strategic Communications Laboratories or SCL, specialized in psychological operations for the military. And for him, Facebook was now the richest of canvases on which to not only read minds but change them, which is what brought Chris Wiley to the attention of SCL client Steve Bannon then boss of the online magazine Breitbart, later Donald Trump's chief strategist. What did Steve Bannon want? Steve wanted weapons for his culture war. That's what he wanted. And that's, that, we, we offered him a way to accomplish what he wanted to do, which, in, was, which in, was change the culture of America. Bannon's big idea, says Wiley, was this. Could they replicate the academics' work profiling people's personalities on Facebook on a massive scale across the American electorate? They had the money from billionaire Republican backer Robert Mercer and his daughter Rebecca. I'm Alex. I'm the CEO. And through Chris Wiley, their specialist, Cambridge academic Alexander Kogan. Already on Facebook, permitted to gather users' data for research purposes, but who now agreed to get much more and share it commercially. The blueprint for the company which would become Cambridge Analytica. All right. Lots of layers of awful in that. The Mercers. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Bannon. um, Yeah, the Bannon. that That was an awful stew. Is what that was. Really was completely unlike the cabbage and chicken that I'm having right now, mm. which so, is delicious. Goodness, that sounds delicious. But here's the thing. Okay, there's a lot of things, and I have to stop saying here's the thing. I'm going to try to eliminate <laughs> that. From um, I found it really amazing when he said Steve Bannon. 
wanted to use what was it SEC SEC SLC um, whatever that other that other company oh I think you I know? um I think uh yeah a strategic communications laboratory all right SLC SCL SCL yeah. Sladexia um <laughs> he said that he Steve Bannon wanted to use it for his culture wars. Now, I know we're going to discuss a whole bunch of other things tonight, but that to me, that stood out to me. That yeah. says to me that Steve Bannon is the ultimate Nazi in this country, and he's weaponizing racism. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we'll, we'll get into some of their practices here, too. Because I, mean, I don't know if we have, I don't know if we're going to use the, the clip, any of this par- clip tonight. Like, I'm kind of we're all kind of flying in the wind. Steve Bannon was a vice president of Cambridge Analytica at one point. Yeah. Right. So he wanted to use this before he was a part of the Trump campaign for his culture wars. And somehow Steve Bannon ended up as the CEO of the Trump campaign. Yep. I I find that amazing. It's disgusting. Um, and especially, you know, because it's like, oh, well, you know, hey, this is uh, this is basically what was perpetrated here with psychological warfare on the United States. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I and, think what's and, important is the, the the distinction between normal uh, opposition research and what they were doing. Yeah, uh, is is yeah. that they took. Well, I think you're going to get to this, but yeah, basically, pay yeah, attention the to so when big that we're jumping ahead of everything that we think we're going to get to, right? Yeah. Right, but just just so people, and you know, looking ahead, um, just that they they uh, definitely took data not to analyze your voting patterns or your t- tastes in politics, but to find your fears and then push those buttons. Yeah. And put false stories in that they knew would mm-hmm. push your buttons. It's, right. it's really important to point out that since we've had the internet, even before the Obama campaign, probably going back to the Bush campaign, and even maybe to a slightly smaller extent, maybe the Clinton campaign. Because the Clintons were the first ones who had the internet in the White House, right? Uh, um, yeah, I think so. But Al Gore invented it back so, then. He did. <laughs> but, but the point is, that's is a that joke that conservatives I, and liberals can use. <laughs> I I would say that since the the first Obama campaign, this is the first time that data was used. Data, data. You say tomato. You say tomato. But um, data was used to to find out where where can we get our votes how can we call these things mm-hmm. what's happening here in this in this particular situation is that data was stolen sure was and data was mani- manipulated and mm-hmm. weaponized to turn well, Americans against one another and i know we'll get to more of it but i think it's just really important because there's been a mem out there that obama did it too and yeah that's bullshit it's this is this is apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so let's let's listen to this clip. Uh, they they kind of explain um, again. This is Chris Wiley being interviewed by Andy Davis 
kind of explaining how the whole thing worked. Kogan didn't make any money off of it. He didn't. He he did it. He did it for free. Um, and what he got out of it was the giant data set. And what CA got out of it was also data. Everyone got data. Um, but Cambridge Analytica paid for it directly. If you look here in the underlying source code, um, and which, which I wouldn't normally see. No, you wouldn't normally see. Um, it worked like this. Thousands of Facebook users were paid to download an app to fill out a personality survey with their consent, which in turn let Dr. Kogan capture the user's underlying data and then share it with Cambridge Analytica. So very simplistically, you're going into the code behind the Facebook page, you're dragging out these ID numbers, you're putting them into, a, into an algorithm, and, and out, out comes a prediction of how you're likely to vote. Yes. Simple and smart, because the app didn't just mine the respondents' data, crucially it swept up that of their friends too, those who hadn't adjusted their privacy settings. Boom. Yeah. And people who aren't smart enough to adjust their privacy settings are uh, dumb enough to be manipulated um, into uh, voting for Trump. Uh, no, I don't want to say that to everybody because some about everybody. I mean, because there are people out there who will acknowledge that their privacy settings are screwed up, but they just don't know how to set it, fix it. I've had issues with that, too. But, you know, if there's pe if there are people out there that are just have all their shit, you know, blowing in the wind for everybody, um, you know, you, you, you know, it, you know, it, 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 there's a good chance that you're you're not the, you know, brightest. What he's Crayola saying there, the what box. he's basically saying there is that they scooped up everybody's data. Yes. When their hmm. profiles were set to public. Yeah, that's the way I'm interpreting it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think what, what they did was with the app, what he's saying is they got consent from maybe 50,000 people who agreed to use the app and give the survey or whatever. What they didn't know was that all of their friends whose security privacy settings were not set to private were also scooped up and they yeah. did not give their consent. Yeah. Okay, and so through that app, and through the participation of a small number of people, it exponentially grew yeah. to millions without their permission, which, by yeah. the way, in Britain is against the law. Well, um, it, actually, here, yeah. this is this next clip, we'll, we'll have enough time to listen to this and then uh, hit the break, but this addresses that 50 million figure. Imagine I go and ask you, I say, hey, if I give you a dollar, two dollars, could you fill out the survey for me? Just do it on this app. And you say, fine, right? I don't just capture what your responses are. I capture all of the information about you from Facebook, but also this app then crawls through your social network and captures all of that data also. So by you filling out my survey, I capture 300 records on average, right? And so that means that all of a sudden, I only need to engage 50,000, 70,000, 100,000 people to get a really big data set really quickly. And it scaled really quickly. It, we were able to get upwards of 50 million plus uh, Facebook records in the span of a couple months. 50 million? Yeah, over 50 million records from Facebook using this, using this method. And how many of those people behind those profiles were aware that their profiles had been used in this way? Almost none. Almost none. Yep. Almost none. 
and that's a Facebook problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and mm. and I want to say this too because I, you remember I don't know if you guys remember that um, uh, that lame man that was a Peter on my Facebook page a while back that that troll that pro Trump troll that was out there. I think this is I think he was one of the people who was gotten to. I think he's one of the people who flipped because everything he ever had to say was just like all the fake news shit that has been you know just uh, perpetuated on Facebook and on Twitter and everywhere that just keeps going about oh we're going to lock up Hillary Clinton the Clinton you know I mean just all that nonsense and and I really think that um you know the people like him probably weren't that political to begin with but they were made political by these easy to digest lies isn't there something to be said about people who are so easily manipulated oh there's a lot of things to say about them and i've I, probably uttered them all on this show at one point or another and I, most of them are I profane genuinely mean that. yeah well, i I, yeah, I genuinely yeah. do too i i think it um I think it goes to how how seriously you take where your information comes from and how mm -hmm. seriously you check your sources. Yeah, right. that's exactly you know, when you read, it. Mm -hmm. Because when yeah, when I, I, I when I see when I see somebody out there and they're sharing a link that comes from Gateway fucking pundit, the fakest of fake news, or mm -hmm. Judicial Watch, Larry Clayman's bogus outfit. You know, when I see, you know, I mean, I'll see people who seem like decent, halfway intelligent people sharing that bullshit and then all mixed in with the CBN and the Fox News and, you know, mm -hmm. that that whole melange of nonsense, you know, it's, federalist. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have places like Fox News propping up the idea of the deep state, oh my God, that's a whole thing too. Have you seen that? Like, I think what, 87% of Americans believe there's a deep state now? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, it's like a yeah. web of, it's like but a cancerous web. That survey, well, we, we could get in the weeds with that survey. Well, yeah. We can discuss that later. I, I, just, just to get back to the source thing I'm saying, it's, it's, it's not only what we often discuss, Kenny, about, we're careful about our sources and mm -hmm. even in our production chat we we check each other and say well you know i don't know that, that might be an old article or that might be a, a bad yeah. source you know what i mean exactly uh, but also i'm talking even in the the things that we on on average trust like the new york times or the washington post or or new yorker magazine or new york magazine yeah mm -hmm. when you read an article I always critically look at how many sources do they get? What were the sources? Where do they claim they came from? Yes. Were there 19 sources or were there one source? If there's just one source, I don't know. I look at it askance. I don't care who's writing it. And there are some very reputable people that I still critically read what they say because you don't accept things just on face value. But most people do. Yeah. And the, and the frightening thing is that most people believe not what we would call hard news sources like Twitter and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and, what's and, and really really scary. The Trump cult screeching all the live long day. CNN is fake news. MSNBC is fake news. And then they go on to well, you know these Fox and are Friends for confirmation bias. Yeah, and then they go on to Fox and Friends, and they they get. I mean, they're constantly Fox and Friends constantly is issuing retractions on stories that are bullshit. 
But, you know, the retractions are about a tenth of the length of the actual story. So once that story's out there, that story lives forever. Because the people just tune it. People will just tune out the retractions. There's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's just nothing. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I believed it. That's fine. I believed it. Whatever. But I anyway. Think, yeah. We, we I definitely. Think, I think we gotta I go think, to break. Okay. Yeah. We'll we get on one, the other side. One more quick thought, or you, you, you got it? You want to make? No. Go up? ahead. We'll, okay. we'll talk about it on the other side. All right. Break. Cool. So, all right, we're gonna go ahead and hit the break. We'll come back. Uh, talk more about this Cambridge Analytica nonsense. Um, and uh, it's not nonsense actually. It's it's. It's fucking scary is what it is. So um, we'll be right back with lots more Turn Up the Night, the Tuesday edition right after this, kids. Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Occasionally I get a jerk like you here, so thank you. KennyPick.com Hey, this is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com and the Bradcast, heard right here on Indie Media Weekly. Thanks for supporting truly independent media, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Hey, I'm Rick Beatty. And I'm Nick Sadler. And I am Jody Hamilton. We are... 
from the bunker. So we do a one-hour weekly podcast. Where we get to speak our mind about stuff from a liberal perspective. We will be on Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited. If you don't have any right-wing friends, you'll feel at home with us. From the bunker. With Jody Hamilton. Nick Sadler. And Richard Beatty. On Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. Yeehaw! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come on down to Southern Progressive Revival to hear the best and worst of Southern politics once again. We've got all brand new episodes for the low, low price of 100% free and tons of extras, including guests, rants, and flustered hosts and co-hosts. Think your credit ain't good enough? We don't care. Think you don't have nothing to hear since you ain't from the South? Well, that ain't right. You reckon that Yankee pick feller's got more class than us? Well, that might be true. But let's do this. Come listen to Southern Progressive Revival live every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly, Extraterrestrial Radio, All the Power Without the Tower. Come now and we'll throw in a free pine tree air freshener. Wow! Get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. Listen to Paul's Memory Bank live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Your DJ, Paul, will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. That's Paul's Memory Bank every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. This is Stephanie Miller. You're listening to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Great Scott, what is that? It's really weird, but it's also the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard in my whole life. It's terrible, by the way, totally overproduced. The first known instance of a man who was killed because he had lousy ratings. Oh my God, they killed Kenny, you bastard! I've had worse. It's showtime. It is showtime, and welcome back to it. And of course, joining me as always, Joe Santorsa, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Hello, sir. Well, there's breaking news, you know. Oh, God damn it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Breaking yeah. news? Oh, yeah. my God, I'm shocked. I already shocked posted it earlier, but apparently, um, just to let you know how much out of control this guy is uh, right now and how, what kind of danger we're in, his national security advisors told him not, in capital letters, not to congratulate Putin on his so-called election win. Oh, but oh. he did, and we'll hear and, the audio later. But it, And they told him to condemn him for the poisonings in the United Kingdom, and he did not. Of course he didn't. Christ. But, yeah. uh, but which, what's, what's really striking in this, this uh, breaking news is that there are uh, intelligence professionals who are advising him, and he's just blowing them off. They well, put it yeah. in caps. Yeah. Do not congratulate, and they put it in all caps. Joe, I, I don't, I don't want to be the one to be jaded, because that's usually your job, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> that's my middle name, jaded. <laughs> but come on, all seventeen of our intelligence agencies said that Russia interfered, and he ignored it. Yep, I'm well, not really a- surprised at this. This is here's what, 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 uh, 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 go uh-huh. ahead, Joe. I just what bothers me about this particular incident, and it, we all knew what happened this afternoon when he said we had a great call and everything, is that 
as much as we distrust McMaster and Mattis, you know, as being part of this whole cabal, I fear those are the ones that are going to be the last ones leaving that have any sense of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, well, so, uh, but I actually have a, a clip here of, of course, Mr. Show. Uh, you can find a clip for anything on that uh, HBO classic. Um, I found a clip for uh, this is this is how Trump uh, this is how rough Trump uh, treats Russia and Putin. Oh, we can't stay mad at you. We're gonna spank you with our lips. <laughs> Take that <laughs> and that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll we'll have more on that later because we have more on the moron. Um, for in in him uh, talking about congratulating Putin and Sarah Hickabilly slanders uh, response. Kind of like that more to, on the moron. Yeah, more on the moron. Uh, but uh, we we need to get back to the Cambridge Analytica stuff. Uh, so uh, here is uh, part four of this. I'm sorry, part five. And um, it, it's about the abuse of the data and uh, uh, Facebook's negligence in allowing. And of course, welcome back, Rain from Four Freedoms Blog in Washington D.C. But <laughs> um, thanks, I let's forgot. move on. Yeah, and uh, but oh, yeah, so so no. how negligent Facebook was to let this data be abused. And so claims Wiley began a Republican big data gold rush with Steve Bannon, alt-right ideologue, later a Cambridge Analytica vice president, leading the charge. Should those friends' profiles have been used in the way that they were? I don't think so. I think that, um, you know, it was a big mistake to use this method. Um, but why Facebook didn't, you know, make more inquiries when they started seeing that, you know, tens of millions of records were being pulled this way, you know, d I don't know. You would have to ask Facebook that. But Facebook, at least in a technical sense, facilitated the project because they they had applications that had these permissions in the first place. Yeah. So, uh, oh, before I forget to say this, I meant to say this when we first came back. Uh, we have, a, I believe, a new listener named Heather. I don't know if she's been here before, um, but I want to say welcome. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, she said she'll be here for a little bit longer, and I, I wasn't sure she'd be here for name calling. So wanted to say hello yeah. and welcome. Hi, Heather. Um, and, but yeah, so, so basically, yeah, Facebook, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're in denial yet they're suspending Cambridge Analytica and, uh, and, and Chris, uh, Wiley and Ale Alexander Nix, the, you know, they're suspending everybody involved for what happened, but Facebook <laughs> um blame yourself you, you you suspend yourself you know well you know i just i'm just put a link into the chat room and i i haven't i i do not have the facts to back this up but i don't it, have facts to back this up but but evidently back in 2011 facebook you know they kind of had an agreement with the ftc Basically saying that, um, let me see if I can find this. There was an agreement. Okay, I, I should have done more research. But basically, Facebook told the Federal Trade Commission that we're going to make sure that people don't get hacked or, or the information isn't going to be taken. And if they do, Facebook is supposed to pay, uh, where is it? 
$40,000 for each violation. No, they're not going to do that. Trump's going to let them off. No, they're not going to do that because there's, what what did we hear earlier? 50 million people? Yeah, they'd be out of business. So Facebook is in a deep world of hurt. Yeah. And if the if the Federal Tra- Trade Commission wants to really go after them, we could probably like take care of our deficit problem easily. Yeah, yeah, really. So, uh, uh, all that right. was in twenty. That was in twenty eleven. And in yeah. twenty eleven, that was when Facebook was basically Facebook basically told the Federal Trade Commission, "We're going to protect. We're going to protect <laughs> our users." And our, you know, their information. We're not going to use their information, you know, all of that stuff, that Facebook stuff, the analytic, you know, yeah. the, just all that information. They weren't supposed to use this for the the way that Cambridge Analytica used it. They did a great job. <laughs> Jerks. Zuckerberg. And so either Facebook allowed it to happen, which mm-hmm. I... I will be very honest with you. I am not sure that they allowed it to happen or Cambridge Analytica violated that, which kind of goes to what Wiley is saying. But on the other hand, there's a lot of hands here. Yeah. I think both are true. I think both are true. Facebook didn't, didn't protect that information. I think both are true. Zuckerberg. Sorry. I needed to play. Where's your jetpack Zuckerberg? (laughs) Yes, you did. Um, Both are true. Uh, Cambridge Analytica misused the information, and uh, Facebook didn't give a, f- a flying Philadelphia that they did. Facebook should have given more of a care. I mean, well, they didn't. But eleven—that's freaking seven years ago. Yeah, the, the thing it's about Facebook is check that information. Facebook has one fear, and it's the biggest fear of all for them is that they don't want to be regulated as newspapers and broadcasts. Uh, stations are. They want to be left alone. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're going to defend their platform as it is, in the form it is, as long as they can. But the problem is they can't, yeah, they can't They can't do that for lo- much longer. Facebook yeah. would have been fine as long as they stayed out of having a news feed. Seriously, let's just go right there. But they, yeah. they can't. they can't help that. There's a lot of things that they could have avoided with all of this. But they're going to be a news feed because how are you going to stop users from pouring news, quote unquote, into their Facebook uh, streams? Yeah. You you can't stop that. Eliminate the Facebook news feed itself. I've said this before. Well, Well, like I said, you could do that, but you you can't stop me. From posting links to news, yeah, dad, or uh, posting uh, link no. to fake news, yeah. But uh, my dad just uh, uh, posted the the Federal Trade Commission's um, uh, report from their actual website, the FTC.gov, from November 29th, twenty eleven. Facebook settles FTC charges that it deceived consumers by failing to keep privacy promises. Um, yeah. So, so it's it's definitely in line with what they did with Cambridge Analytica. Um, because basically what the, this, this was about from what I'm reading about is they, they changed, uh, settings that reverted old privacy settings to make people's, um, friend lists and things like that public. 
They didn't warn users that the change was coming or get approval, uh, good approval in advance from users. And it, I, I remember this way back when there were small stories that mm-hmm. said change your privacy settings. And I remember I was like, guess what? Just going to do it to yeah. friends only. Sure. Yeah, I recently, uh, uh, in the last... I don't mm, expect everybody to pay attention yeah. to that, but... yeah. Well, and and I do I do for the simple fact that a lot of my stuff is public, and that's why I don't share. If you notice, most of the stuff on my Facebook page is like, yeah, I'll talk about going to a concert. Yeah, I'll share share pictures of my cats. Um, but you know, family stuff. Uh, you know, unless it's just casual interactions with you know dad or mom or you know one of my nieces or nephews or something. It's it's just. You know, it's very casual, you know, um, and and I have public settings and that was because one of our, I can't remember one of, um, one of our listeners suggested that I make my settings public so they could share the podcast. I'm like, yeah, why not? I don't care. So, so I changed it for that. But, you know, then again, that does attract the, the, the occasional troll, um, but Every post uh, a person can make mm-hmm. can just be public, private, or yeah. friends and friends of friends. Every yeah. single post there. I'm not defending Facebook here. I just want to put this out there. I'm not defending Facebook, but going forward, I think it's important to inform all of our friends so they can inform their friends that if, if you find an article, you can mm-hmm. make it public make it friends of friends or you can just make it just your friends or private and usually private is like really private like just you yeah oh yeah yeah you know there there are yeah there definitely are things you can do like that but um but anyway um getting back to this because we only have two clips left in this this uh, first report and the last one's kind of long um and this one is um you know uh, 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 again i mentioned it before but facebook is in deep denial over this and uh, there was a total lack of oversight on their part especially with them settling with the ftc uh before uh, uh, regarding this so here's uh, you know i mean it's just it's it's really uncanny that they don't seem to think that they're at fault in all of this Facebook learned of this in 2015, and yet it's taken them until today to come out publicly and say this never should have happened. They've yet to acknowledge that this involved around 50 million users, instead talking of 270,000 plus friends. They've also been at pains to stress this wasn't a data breach in the sense that users by consent and friends through their default privacy settings agree to Dr. Kogan capturing their data and they say they've since improved their systems. But Kogan, according to Facebook, lied to them and violated their policies by passing on the data to Cambridge Analytica. All right, Brokehammer made it funny. He said, I, I like my obscurity. You're the only ones that know my real name is Broke, uh, Brokesimer. <laughs> he says, actually, actually, it's Broke Pickle, but it's just too painful to share. So, uh, we'll get I could imagine. <laughs> I broke my pickle. Uh, <laughs> I snapped my clothing. Uh There's a there's an ad for that. I think I think there's there's a relief for that kind of thing. Sure. Or a splint. Yeah. You know, oh, p- a pickle splint. 
Pickle Splint yeah, was my nickname Splint. in high school. Uh, so. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so here we are. The, they're denying the numbers. Facebook is at oh, 50 million. No, it's just a few dozen There's people. There's nothing wrong with it. There are dozens of us. Dozens! Just a handful <laughs> of people. It was nothing. Five million? Schmillion, you know. Um, you know, 25, hey, it's the highest number. Uh, <laughs> forget about it. Um, yeah, so so they're in denial. They They haven't. They didn't address. I mean, it happened in 2015, and it wasn't addressed until now, three years. And they're still, and yeah, and and they're still like, well, I don't know about that number though. Uh, we, you know, we're never going to admit to that. Of course, you're not, you, you, you greedy bastards. I mean. Yeah. This the is problem repulsive. here is that it's not a Facebook isn't afraid of the FTC. Yeah, it's afraid of the FCC. Hmm. That's its fear, and if it comes under their control, that's exactly what they don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, all right, let, let's get to the last one here because this one's almost two minutes long, and then we'll have a little bit of time to discuss. So here we go. This is all about data exploitation and manipulation. Um, and this is what this is the part that drives me crazy to think that there are so many people in this country that are so goddamn stupid and so easily manipulated. And, and you know, and again, I'm going to say I'll say this right now. Hillary Clinton was not the perfect candidate. What was said about her? You know, I, I didn't really want Hillary Clinton as my president, but. I got behind her when the time came and you know, uh, but she wasn't the perfect candidate. There were things that I despised about her and still despised about her to this day, but the things they were saying about her and the lies they were spewing in the corruption within the, the Trump cult, the, the level of indecency and corruption that was already present that we already knew about uh, those of us who weren't easily manipulated, who already knew what was going on. We truly knew that Hillary Clinton was far lesser of an evil than Trump, you know, for whatever issue we had with her. And there are some very legitimate troubling things about her as a candidate. And I'm not going to go through it again because we're never going to go vote for her again. That's not our problem now. But what our problem now is, is this, you know, this crooked operation that exploited the fears and the, the, the simple nature of some Americans that are just, you know, I mean, seriously, you have people out there who are saying that they're absolute 100% devout Christians and that Trump is, is a perfect Christian man. I mean, that's how manipulated they were. You have evangelicals out there. You know, top evangelicals trying to fleece their flock with these promises that Trump is a changed man and that, you know, all these, you know, his sexual proclivities and violations of women that it's, you know, oh, well, that was he wasn't president then. Oh, my God. You know, and then they're like, but, uh, you know, and, and of course, every time there's like, well, you had a president who did that in the Oval Office. Well, we're not the party of family values, you monsters. Don't apply your arbitrary reasoning and logic to somebody else who doesn't adhere to it. 
I mean, it makes me so angry. Uh, if you hadn't guessed, folks. <laughs> um, but uh, so now, yeah, we might have time to discuss this clip. Here we go. This is uh, stepping off the soapbox now. So just how significant was this data anyway? Of no use is Cambridge Analytica's position. Fruitless is how their boss described the project to MPs recently here in Westminster. Yet Chris Wiley claims it was anything but and foreshadowed worse to come. There is a lack of awareness. It is coercive. People, if I am studying you and I have enough information about you because you've curated your entire self online and I capture that, I can, I can anticipate wh what are your mental vulnerabilities? What cognitive biases might you display in certain situations? But haven't I and volunteered that I can, that I can exploit that. But are you saying that Cambridge Analytica lies in its political messaging? Because that's something they, they would completely deny. They knowingly misrepresent the truth um, in such a way that is conducive to their objective. What's your proof for that? I was there. We worked on all kinds of experiments about what would lead a person from A to B. But if you're working on behalf of a political client, you're allowed to try and persuade voters. Persuade, not your, manipulate. About your message. Persuade, not manipulate. There's yeah. a difference. But, but I ask yes. you, what is the evidence for manipulation as opposed to trying to persuade? This gets at the heart of, you know, why is it that you're taking this psychological approach? Why do you need to, you know, study neuroticism? in people what's going to make them fearful it is the, the 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 you know what is the what is my pre i was there i was there i set it up i was the research director like this is what it is <laughs> yeah psychological warfare <laughs> he stopped short of saying it is absolutely psychological warfare against the weak-minded and the weak-willed yeah the other important thing that he that he was asked about and answered persuade not manipulate and I mm -hmm. really want to go back to to the Obama campaign. I want to go back to that because the Obama campaign, if we were to go and do research into it, and if you all need proof, I will find it and put it in turnips. It was about persuasion. Yes. And it wasn't about Trump fear. Huh? It wasn't about fear. It was about hope. I mean, yes, but it was also about it was it wasn't about manipulation. Yeah. To me, that's really important what was going on, what, what they were discussing right there. Yeah. You know, I mean, they mocked us. It wasn't they, about they, manipulating. It was about persuade, persuasion. Yeah. And, they, and Trump wasn't interested in persuasion. Trump is, to this day, about manipulating. Yes. And, and that's you know, he is as a person. We were mocked. Uh, Obama supporters were mocked for our happy-go-lucky nature, for our, oh, he's your messiah. He's going to save you from, oh, you know, he's going to lead you to the promised land, you know. And, and, you know, it was never about that. The message of hope was, I mean, it was what we needed at the time. And it was very persuasive. And, you know, and it wasn't only that, but, I mean, he was a hell of a statesman. He, you know, he was an intellect. You know, people looked at him, you know, the conservatives looked at him like he was some kind of snob or something like that. And it's like, no, we, we just want somebody who speaks plainly, speaks clearly and gives us a, and is a cheerleader for our country instead of saying it's not great. We need to make it great again because the black guy was in there. 
You know, it's like almost almost like we as Obama supporters and everybody who liked President Obama were being shamed by the Make America Great Again movement. We were being shamed for saying we fucked up the country. We were. And it would be interesting to see if the, the, you know, uh, kind of the counterintelligence, you know, Cambridge Mm -hmm. Analytica, if they were doing that, pushing out those memes. Yeah. That we're talking about what Cambridge Analytica has been doing. Because yeah. I need to make this clear. Obama used data. He didn't Absolutely. use it to shame people. But no. what you were just saying, Ken, is really interesting. Because if you look... Oh, this is so frustrating. I know we're at the hard break. But if you look at what Cambridge Analytica did, they they feasted. Literally feasted. They ate it up. On, on living on people's fears. Yeah. And that's what it, they did on Facebook and on Twitter. We're not talking a lot about Twitter, but I think we'll find out Twitter's part of it too. I, I agree. Does that I make agree. sense? I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And and you know what? The the next bits of audio I have, because we're going to continue on with the Cambridge Analytica stuff. Um, and um, because the next stuff is all about their fear tactics. Um, you know, and, and what, what I, this one guy, this Mark Turnbull who works for, uh, works for Cambridge Analytica, who he made me want to punch things, uh, so, <laughs> uh, but I didn't, I'm still a peacemonger at heart, uh, a hope monger as it were, but yeah, There's so it, and I'll, I'll, being, I'll, between being a pacifist and a peace. Yeah, or passing a fist uh, through somebody's yeah. neck. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, but and I want I want to say too when I got a little hyped up there and saying they were trying to shame us for like we you know fucked up the country. I didn't, I never felt that way. But that's what they that's what the the, the fear mongering of you know the Trump brand GOP did is they were just like you're you know because Trump tried to make Obama the enemy with the birther movement. And then, you know, and they, they're they just like, oh, you know, and the, all the racist, ugly shit bags latched on to him. And, and you know, and again, the Make America Great Again moment, movement and is saying that, that we screwed Cambridge up. Cambridge Analytica yeah. decided to weaponize this information. Exactly. Exactly. So, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's just what they did. So, uh, anyway, um, sorry about that, Joe. I, I steamrolled again. Um, sorry, but, uh, Joe, too. I'm sorry. Uh, but we're, we're, let's let's go ahead and, and uh, go to the break, and when we come back, uh, we'll we'll let you start things off, Joe, and I'll get to this uh, the Mark Turn bullshit. So um, I keep swearing so much tonight. What's wrong with me? I guess I'm angry. I uh, like Mark Turn bullshit. Yeah, Turn bullshit. I like that. So uh, all right, uh, we'll be right back with lots more. Turn up the night right after this. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. So new and different, it won first prize at the International Inventors Exposition. KennyPick.com This is metal aficionado Kenny Pick. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, it's... Gods and Monsters. Gods of Metal and Monsters of Rock, right here on Indie Media Weekly. 
Brace yourselves for two big hours of hard rock and heavy metal, selected from my own personal music vault. You'll hear classics from the extended family trees of Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, and Kiss, heavy metal standards like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and Dio. You'll get a heap and helping of power metal, speed metal, thrash, melodic, glam, you name it, it's here. Except death metal and new metal. I do not like that stuff. You'll hear guitar virtuosos and shredders from the Leviathan and Shrapnel Records catalogs. Rare gems from the new wave of British heavy metal. Some guilty pleasures in the form of 80s hair metal. And rock and metal from around the globe. Gods and Monsters. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. And now, on with the show. In the not-too-distant future. In the not-too-distant future. In the not-too-distant future. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. You may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer to computer contact. That is an idiot idea. Holy macro. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah, who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, broadcasting live on IndieMediaWeekly.com worldwide. And of course, joining me as always on the program, Rain from Four Freedoms blog in Washington, D.C. Why don't you go ahead and make the point that you made in the uh, chat room there, for the record. Rain? Hello? You're there. You're you're typing. I think you need to unmute. We didn't lose her on the Skype call, did we? No, nope, she's so. still there. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, uh, <laughs> welcome back, Joe Santorza, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Uh, hello there, sir. Hi. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> and uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Rain, are you back? I don't know what's going on. Well, you just posted some stuff in the uh, chat. I see that. I see, I see that. So, um, anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't know why she's not talking. So, uh, maybe she's having a, a technical issue or something like that. But, Joe, why don't you go ahead and chime in a little bit? Because, uh, you know, we, we kind of steamrolled towards the end of that segment there. No, it's okay. I, I understand because this is a very important time. Uh, very important topic. I, I think, again, I think it's the biggest breaking thing that happened since uh, since Trump was elected. I mean, we, we're finding out now that, and Rain is right, it's, it's not data, it's how data is used. And I just want to quote what Wiley said that Bannon said, how this is done, how this is weaponized. To him, it isn't that political opinions are downstream. Upstream, you change culture. Mm -hmm. And you change culture by knowing people's fears. Yeah. When you know their fears, you change their culture. When you change their culture, upstream, downstream, you change their politics. And if you listen to that carefully... That's exactly how Trump won this election. Upstream, he turned 
How many times did you hear Obama voters who voted for Trump? How does that happen? Because that happens because upstream, their culture was changed by hearing over and over again fake news. The data that was stolen was used to push their buttons. Mm-hmm. Immigrants took your jobs. Bad trade deals took your jobs. Mexican took your jobs. Gay people are taking away your identity. Uh, all these things changed the culture upstream. So when the message downstream was Trump's, they were ready to take it. Sure, sure. And uh, that real- is the, the to me the insidious the insidious danger of what's going on here is Absolutely. just right there. Rain, are you back with us? I'm back. I'm sorry. I had to. My bladder had some issues. Oh, no worries. No worries. So, uh, but I'm I, I, 50. My bladder tells <laughs> me what to do when it's time to do it. Sure, sure. Well, we let There's that- a commercial about that, you know, Rain. <laughs> well, I don't need a commercial. This is my life. <laughs> Probably on Fox News and on Fox and Friends. Um, so, uh, brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance and Hover Ant Scooters. Um, so, yes, I'm back. Uh, well, I wanted you to make the point that you, you made in the, uh, in the chat room for the record. Oh, the date is not the enemy. Weaponizing it is. Yes. And, um, I have a really big problem with stealing data and there's a lot of people out there who are like, Oh, and I, I've seen this. Oh, if mm-hmm. you join up with Facebook, you know, you give up your information. That's not true. That's actually really not true if you go right. to read the Facebook terms of service. Sure. Um, and so basically what's happening is that personal data was stolen from Facebook, people who like you and me, and it was stolen by Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. The now problem if they stole- is, is that Facebook... Go ahead, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I want you to finish your thought because I, I disagree with one point that you made, but I want you to finish your thought. Okay. I, I think that Facebook made it too easy to steal... And so I, I just I don't want to I don't want to blame people who are on Facebook for taking, you know, um, tests. I you do. Know, like, what personality are you? I do. And all this other stuff. I do want to blame them you because do? if if anybody goes to my Facebook page and you want to uh, see where I went to school, it says what's the matter you. Of course. Um, Horace okay. chuckled gleefully from Rocky, <laughs> from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, do you know where uh, my place of employment is? Why, Joe, I used to work in Scranton, Pennsylvania, Dunder Mifflin, as an antagonista. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I think you that's, I, to me, that's different. Uh, well, you, know, you can put whatever you want in your about. Yeah, who you, you can. are in Facebook. You can, but there what? are people, people, there are people out there putting very personal job history data that could uh, you know, it, it, again, like you said, uh, Joe said uh, a, a couple minutes ago, you know, they're they're looking to go after people. Well, you know, did, did they take your job? Did immigrants take your job? Did, you know, people of color take your jobs? You know, I mean, you put that out there or you put, you know, uh, you know, what if there's somebody who's uh, bitter and neurotic uh, because of, you know, failed relationships or something like that? Well, what's the easiest thing to do is project in and try and make yourself feel better by putting somebody else down like maybe somebody in the lgbt community you know oh well 
I might be a failure on my own, but uh, at least I'm better than this person that's different than me. So, you know, uh, there are a lot of people putting a lot of really personal information out there that shouldn't be. You know, the inner, you know, I mean, yeah, you want to put your in a relationship, put it in a relationship, put it's complicated. Don't put that. You know, I, I you know, I really disagree with putting too much personal information out there. You know, job history. Yeah, you're talking about the about part of Facebook. I know. I know I'm talking about that, but that that kind of stuff will help target people well, you because know that's very personal the, stuff. It is, but it's not only the about stuff, LinkedIn. but it's not only the about stuff. I understand. There are, there are thousands of data points that people, that, that socio- sociologists and, and people like this, like Wiley, can get just from p- pictures you post. Yeah, yeah, You know, absolutely. if you post a picture with your cat, well, I know something about you now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and I have a button to push, just a picture of your cat, and I know that I can say now that I can make a fake news article that says Hillary Clinton... If you vote for her, I want you to know that she skinned kittens and fed them to a snapping turtle. Sure, but now wh- I just pushed your button, and if you don't believe, and if you don't check that source, if you don't check me out, I have just poisoned the well for yeah. you. And now you're thinking, boy, did she really do that? And should I vote for her? Now that's a simplistic argument. I get or, it. Or example, but you see how simply being on Facebook gives them tons of information oh absolutely it's not just facebook it's not no just facebook. it's it's it's, it's being everywhere. on the internet but facebook is one of the most yeah, potent platforms out there and the problem with facebook is that it's not regulated by the fcc yes and it doesn't want to be and it should be and that's the crux of their problem well here's my point is and i understand where where you guys are coming from that yes there are thousands of data points but i'm just saying when you are so if you are blatantly honest with you know your employment history with your Mm -hmm. you know with with personal history and stuff like that that's kind of like the gateway to spilling the beans about all kinds of things and yeah i get it you know it could be something as innocuous as putting a picture of your cat but when people start Mm -hmm. you know putting you know very personal stuff out there in posts and pictures and you know go on tirades or you know share their own garbage stories or whatever you know Mm -hmm. it's you know but i'm saying the about thing you know that's like you gotta be tight-lipped about something on facebook and if you're just an open if you're just an open book you know, especially yeah. in that about stuff, that's right. not good. I think, I think Kenny, what you're talking about is the difference between, if you want to make an analogy, between a person who has their home broken into because they don't have a security uh, contract or an ADT or something like that and have things stolen, as opposed to somebody who leaves their wallet on a table in a restaurant with $100 bills spilling out of it and goes to the restroom. Yeah. Yeah, there's one thing that 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 you you do innocent things like put a picture of your cat on Facebook and people make all kinds of uh, data points about you on that. It's another thing to to even be more obvious, like you're saying, and say I work mm-hmm. here. This is what I do at three o'clock. This, this is when I lock my doors. This is when I put yes. my lights on. I mean, right? You're giving yourself away then. And yeah, that's 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 a really like I said, it's the difference between you know one one or the other. 
Somebody's phone's ringing. So, what is? <laughs> what do you guys think the solution is? Because social media is here. Well, yeah, I think well, people need to be smarter. You know, I think people need mm-hmm. to be more responsible with their online presence. And, you know, it's not yes. going to happen. It's just like, you know, it, 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 look at it like this. It's like, you know, people, ever, everybody wants to say, oh, well, Hollywood, filthy, dirty Hollywood and all their terrible movies, they're glorifying violence and stuff like that. Well, well who's letting their kids go see it? Right. You know? It's 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 about restraint. Is, it's about. I feel like it's, that's kind of happening. Yeah, it's about restraint. It's about control, and you know, people aren't even willing to try and protect their kids from something that could be, you know, objectionable or or potentially harmful to them. So, but the thing fuck, is, they're the not going to protect is, themselves. Facebook has the ability for people to protect themselves, right? Yeah, I mean, we to, do agree to, with to that a, to a point. Only to a point. Okay, I, then, then if you if you believe that, then my next point is moot. Well, well no, no, because, no, no, because I, my next no. point was going to be there is something that I think that we're missing is that Cambridge Analytica, and if you listen to Wiley, he is saying that they stole this information from Facebook. Facebook, yes. right? So. I feel like we're locked in a back and forth between saying that it's Facebook's, you know, you, me, all of us no. who are on Facebook. It's our responsibility. <clears throat> we should be held responsible from um, because our stuff was hacked. And I don't believe that. No, 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 no. no I, I, I want to what mm. I'm I, I'm separating the two issues. I'm separating the two issues because what what I'm saying is I think. That if somebody is that willing to put out information and then it gets stolen, if if they're that willing to put out that much information and they're that, um, if they're that, I don't think we can keep calling people that stupid. No, 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 it's no. not stupid. Well, I, I think I, it's. Let me let me let me just put it this way: when you drive a car, okay. Two entities have responsibilities. The car manufacturer has a responsibility to make sure that that car is safe. Yes. So that when you go on the that road, be Facebook, right? Right. That that okay. that 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 is a safe vehicle to drive, and that you are not going to hurt yourself or others. And you have a responsibility that when you get behind the wheel of that car, that you drive it responsibly and that drive it the way it was designed. And that would that be, would the, be user. the driver having a proper driver's license, correct? And and observing rules of the road and being courteous and all the things that go along sober. with being a good, responsible driver. Yeah, sober. Was- right. Now, so we're not blaming Facebook for being a platform. They have a responsibility to make sure that that platform is as secure as they can make it. Exactly. And to admit when they make have data breaches and to fix them. So, no more than your bank has that responsibility. Okay. Just to go back to something that you said earlier, Joe, we need regulations. We need police officers. Well, I, this is the point. I mean, the point is that that the, that w- they fear the being put under the thumb of the FCC. Like broadcast FTC channel, no FCC, no, FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. Oh, okay. That's what they don't want. They are not yet okay. because they're not considered a news source, so they don't have the same regulation as a broadcast cable network, for mm-hmm. instance, has. Now, 
they don't want that designation, but they are fast moving into that designation. Yeah. And that's their that's why you get such pushback from people like Zuckerberg. They want to be two things at once. They want to be this great platform for us to go on and we all do it and and and, and share our information and share our lives on that platform, but they want no responsibility for the results of the data they are collecting on us and using to sell advertisement. And sure. that's the bottom line for them. Okay. Money. Okay. All right. Let, let me let me try and encapsulate what I was trying to say. I agree absolutely 100% with what Joe just said. And for the most part, I agree with what you're saying, Rain. But I do, and I... I it, it might be a pejorative, it might, but I think there are a lot of stupid people out there that are being too easily manipulated. It's like, okay, it, here, here's the thing. Fine with, is, with is, us disagreeing, Ken. Is, is that, okay, um, it was wrong that it was the, the data was stolen, but it was negligent for some people to offer up so much about themselves in, in relatively uncharted waters. So that's why I go, like I said, I go on on Facebook and, and, you know, I share things that are relatively innocuous. Yeah, you're going to see pictures of me with other people, uh, you know, maybe something about my birthday or anniversary or something like that. Um, some things with friends, some things with family. But I'm not going to open up to uh, my hardcore emotions because that's that's what they were getting into. They were getting into psychological profiles, Right. And, and when you basically, you know, it's like owning a gun and not locking it in a cabinet, right? That's what I'm saying. There's, there is some negligence on the part of people who aren't, and I'm going to say it, not bright enough to protect themselves from certain things. So, yeah, I mean, if my data got stolen, um, they're not going to be able to manipulate me and to do shit, not to buy a box of Cheerios, you know, yeah. I, I'm solid in my convictions. My convictions have been the same since I was a teenager, you know, uh, but, you know, there are people out there who are weak willed who. Uh, and again, people who are spilling their guts about everything that happens in their life. Again, how many times they farted, um, you know, uh, how horrible <laughs> their relationship is, you know, uh, you know, they're oh, I just got out of jail. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, crap like that, you know, um, and, and, you know, and and I think it's a danger and it's and it's irresponsible on their part to basically give the, the keys to the candy store to the to the thief. So yes. uh, and I guess I guess yeah. So that's all I got to say on that. I just think that people need to be brighter about this. Again, you know, you want to you want to complain about you know, oh, I can't believe all the movies that are out that are horrible and violent and have sex and everything in them, and kids are watching them. Why? There's a rating system. Donald Trump doesn't know that, but there's a rating system. Yep. You know, why Why are your kids, why don't you put parental locks on your TVs? Why don't you put parental locks on your computers? You know, what? why Why are, are you just, you know, handing things over if you're so fucking concerned about it? Why don't you police this stuff yourself? Well, I'm a parent. I don't have time for that. Well, then you shouldn't become a parent. Right? Right. Wow. Right. And, and there's, there's, there's a Zuckerberg conundrum right yeah. there. Where's your jetpack, Zuckerberg? Have a, <laughs> right. He wants to have his feet. He wants it both ways now. 
he wants his old Facebook like he had in, in his college dorm. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want the responsibility that came with the growth of his company and what that has become. Yeah. It was an ingenious thing. But yes. I think but that's now, a now, point. Yeah, now you're a news feed. And and when you when you deny what went on since 2011, and you know that he's been denying it and then get caught and say, oh, yeah, we didn't realize. When you keep doing that, you keep opening yourself up for Congress to say, hey, maybe we should take a look at you and put you under the FCC like MSNBC and CBS and everybody else. Can I ask a really naive question? You can ask and, any and question I mean you this. like. I, I genuinely mean this. When, when Joe, when you say that Facebook has become a news feed, do you mean that each and every one of us who post news, we become the news? No, they they are selling their services See, to news is, organizations. They're yeah. selling their, their services to advertisers. They are allowing hard, well, they're allowing news, hard news and fake news and every kind of news to come through their platform as news. Yeah. Okay. Just like so they have evolved about, so you're beyond. They, about, they have, I'm they really have trying to understand this. You're talking about, you know, news like MSNBC on Facebook, Fox Yahoo News. News on Facebook, ABC News on well, Facebook. Like when you go to no, Yahoo, I mean, it's like when you go to Yahoo and then there's news stories on the sidebar. Exactly. It's okay. it's like when you go to. It's I'm like really trying to understand this. So please bear with me. Sure. Honestly, Facebook has evolved beyond the. I want to let Rain know what I'm doing this afternoon, or I want her to see my yeah, my. Amber. That I know. That I know, yeah, and I don't. That. Now, now they're you. selling. They're selling ads. They're selling. They're selling ads to people who push fake news. They're t- selling ads to people that push real news. They're selling themselves now, mm-hmm. okay? And they are publishing things for us to digest. Yeah. If they can't any longer, if this has gotten beyond their stupid algorithms to control what's real and what's fake, then somebody has to do it for them. Is what I'm saying. And the choice that Zuckerberg is facing right now is whether Facebook becomes a news source or goes back to being the platform it was, which is, look at my hamburger. You know, but Mm -hmm. you can't have it both ways, Zuckerberg. And if you're going to make the kind of money you're making now, you're going to have to step up with the big boys and have the FCC regulate you. Well. I'll tell you what, we'll give you the last word on that one, Joe. I appreciate that. We didn't even get to the audio clips, but this is a fascinating conversation, I do have to say. Um, but you know what? You ain't. We're not getting fooled. None of our listeners are getting fooled. We know the score. But unfortunately, too many Americans, um, you know, uh, were, were foolish enough to, to share too much and foolish enough to be fooled uh, after that, after they were manipulated. Um, you know, again, given the, the thieves, the keys to the candy store. So, um, but anyway, we're, we got the green news report coming up and we've definitely got to hit it right now. Cause it's seven minutes long. What the hell are you doing to me, Brad and Desi? Um, so <laughs> it's usually six minutes. I don't know what's That's going good on for here. a long pee. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> I'm so. I'm sorry. I'm so. done with that. All right. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back. (laughs) I just turned turn up the night into Facebook. I shared too much. Oh, no. We'll be right back. 
The only time I think I've ever been able to understand myself was on... Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Then things were really clear. It's Tuesday, March 20, 2018. Inside the Trump administration's newly unveiled sanctions against Russia is a startling accusation. FBI warns Russian hackers attacked the U.S. power grid and critical infrastructure systems. As storms get stronger, building codes are getting weaker. FEMA's flood maps dramatically understate flood risk for 41 million Americans. Plus... Trump's FEMA has deleted all mention of climate change from their strategic plans. Because if you don't mention it often enough, it doesn't exist. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Because whether it be fossil fuels or calling the president a moron, we know Rex Tillerson likes it crude. Well, he used to. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, the good news? Winter is now officially over. Yes, that's good. But not the extreme winter weather. Uh, A tornado tore through Jacksonville, Alabama on Monday night causing what is uh, being described as significant damage, unclear on the full amount of damage or the injury toll at this hour, but reports suggest there have been much of both. Meanwhile, as the southeast gets pummeled, the northeast is battening down its hatches yet again for another, its fourth, fourth nor'easter of the season, and meteorologists are predicting a fifth one for this weekend. So, wow. Yeah, you know, when they had two in a row, you and I both agreed, back-to-back nor'easters, not that unheard of. But back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back? Maybe we got a real problem here. Yeah, the frequency of these storms is really what officials should be paying attention to because it hasn't given communities much time to recover or to restore their electricity. And as if to underscore the importance of being prepared for climate impacts, a new study released on Monday from the Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety concludes that states are ignoring warnings from the insurance industry and federal scientists and are failing to upgrade their building codes to withstand the higher risk of extreme weather events. Bloomberg News reports that despite the increasing severity and cost of natural disasters, real estate developers are succeeding in lobbying state legislatures to relax building codes and regulations. Mm. That's with help from local officials who are seeking to increase home sales that also increase property tax revenue, even though the trend leaves residents more vulnerable to climate impacts. Get money the hell out of politics and so many of our problems are immediately solved. On top of that, another new report concludes that FEMA's flood maps that identify flood-prone areas in the U.S. are actually wildly outdated and dramatically understate the actual flood risk. Fantastic. University of Bristol researchers working with the Environmental Protection Agency and other organizations estimate that 41 million Americans are at high risk of 100-year floods. That's three times more people than the current estimate 
estimates. That means that many homeowners are likely underinsured against floods right now. The researchers say the process of drawing FEMA's patchwork of flood maps is extremely long and extremely complicated, and it uses past data, not forward-looking data, and it relies in part on local input that can be influenced by political considerations. For example, Florida alone has about $700 billion worth of real estate located in those 100-year floodplains. As global warming intensifies the severity of extreme weather events, President Trump's FEMA, which is responsible for dealing with the aftermath of disasters like hurricanes and floods, has removed all mention of climate change from its four-year strategic plan. That's despite the fact that increased hurricanes, flooding, heat waves, wildfires, drought, and sea level rise are all scientifically linked to climate change. In the document, FEMA actually admits that, quote, disaster costs are expected to continue to increase due to rising natural hazard risk, but it doesn't say what might be causing those risks to rise. Who knows? It's a huge shift from the Obama administration, FEMA, which in its long-term disaster plans repeatedly focused on the need to incorporate and prepare for increased climate risks. Finally, officials with the Department of Homeland Security and Federal Bureau of Investigation last Thursday accused Russian hackers of infiltrating crucial infrastructure systems like energy and water in both the U.S. and Europe. The report is the first time the Trump administration has officially named Russia as the source of the hack attacks and alleges that starting in 2016, hackers linked to Russian intelligence agencies targeted and in some cases successfully infiltrated computers that control U.S. U.S. nuclear power plants, electric plants, water, and aviation systems. The DHS report says that the hackers did not go so far as to sabotage or shut off any power plants, but that they could have at will. Things are going very, very well, aren't they? They sure are. For much more on all of these reports and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us worldwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyle. And this has been your Green News Report. It's getting better all the time. This is Indie Media Weekly, extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. This is Kenny Pick on Turn Up the Night. I've loved you from the first time I heard your voice. You use your tongue prettier in a $20 hole. You're like a word genius, and everything I say, you twist it around and make me look dumb. I like the way he talks. Do you really think that people don't know the things that I say? At IndieMediaWeekly.com He even talks honky! In the not-too-distant future, in the not-too-distant future, in the not-too-distant future. In the not-too-distant future. No. <laughs> uh, all right. Welcome back to the program. Uh, of course, Joe Santorsis, Grand Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Hello, sir. My favorite show opening. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, not the Trump show, though. And, of course, Rain from Four Freedoms Blog in Washington, D.C. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. I'm so sorry. We cannot drain the swamp. No, no. My, and the, my the, cat, the doctor. Can't, cr- I can't drain the swamp. Our cat, my cat, the doctor, is crying about that. 
and I don't care that I I'm, I'm saying the name of my cat because I can't be manipulated. Uh, it I'm that just that Manip- stubborn. Manipulated. Uh, manipulated. Yes. Meow. Manipulated. Meow, Doc. Yes. And um, all right. So let's go ahead. I'm going to do name calling tonight because I haven't done it in a while. So uh, what do we do? All right. Let's get straight to the biscuits. All right. Here we go. Adam Ebert, Mike Check Radio. Check him out. 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern every uh, Saturday right here on Indie Media Weekly. And, of course, Bobber in D.C., who will be on the program with us this Friday uh, in his uh, semi-permanent uh, fill-in for P.S. Mueller, of course. Uh, our good friend, Brokehammer. He's he's away for a bit, but he'll be back. Uh, Francie. Francie. Uh, I can't do it like Pete, but I'll try. Uh, of course, Jay Colley is here as well. Cat, uh, my sister from another mystery out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Ken Sr., hi, Dad. And uh, Michelle, and I'm assuming Miles in South Florida, uh, of course, both heard on said Mike Check Radio on Saturdays. Uh, Peter in San Francisco, President Theo, uh, again, yeah, he sent me his uh, Tom Baker era Doctor Who hat and scarf, which sits proudly on top of this uh, shelf lamp unit that I have right next to me. Um, and uh, let me see uh, Tim Caramel from the Tim Caramel show I think we're going to hear I, I, I'm not sure if we're going to hear this much uh, on the Tim Caramel show uh, after uh, 10.15 we might hear uh, snap push and pop not sure so uh, <laughs> Joe might be able to confirm whether that might be heard a little bit here and there so. I, I'm I could almost certainly tell you it will be nice alright very good and, of course, Trojan Rabbit uh, from uh, Paul's Memory Bank. Uh, of course, you can hear Paul's Memory Bank from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly for an eclectic romp through musical history. Uh, and, uh, oh, that could be a new promo for you. What do you think about that? Um, and uh, we had Heather in here before. And um, uh, I think Grimmy was here as well. He left, came back, and left again. And uh, I don't know if I missed anybody, but if I did, uh, come on back. We miss you already. So uh, let us know if there's any birthdays or anything in the... Um, uh, let me, I'll check my, my Facebook page, too, and uh, it, see if we have accurate information that people have overshared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> Here we go. Let's see if there's any show-related birthdays today. Oh, Rick Shepard, formerly from WVKO, his birthday uh, is today. Uh, my friend Marcy from Roller Derby, who's a good lefty, uh, her uh, her birthday is today. And, oh, look, Audra, Audra Tracy, her birthday. And um, I think... Oh, oh, and Janet Lee Bunderson, her birthday is coming up on March 22nd. She was supposed to be here with us today, everybody, to give um, give an update on her status and everything. I talked to her on Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't do Southern Progressive Revival because Wes had a power outage. But I was able to talk to um, Janet for a good 10, 15 minutes. And she sounds marvelous. She's doing so Yay. much better. She sounds great. She was great, spo- great. She was supposed to be on the show with us tonight, um, but 
she had something come up, not health related, but she just had like a conflict with her scheduling. So, um, so we're ho- hopefully going to just get her back for the full show on uh, next Saturday. Um, and, um, yeah. So, uh, oh, oh, uh, let me see March. Oh, you our, our mutual friend, uh, Steven, uh, is March 21st rain. Oh yeah. I don't want to say Steven Long Island. Um, living on Long Island. Is that same person? I don't know. We might have a couple of friends who are so, named Steven. He's got the, he's typing at a computer is for his Facebook profile. He didn't, he hang out at your party. A oh yeah. That's, that's living on Long Island. Oh, that's living. Oh, okay. I wasn't yeah, sure. That's living. God, I thought that was two different people all along. So, so did I. Until I met him. <laughs> well, there you go. And then, and then you're like, oh, what, what the hell? Uh, so, uh, all right. Uh, so I think I, I got that. Uh, if anybody wants to, uh, oh yeah, and there you go. So an- yet another explosion in Austin. Is this the sixth one now, Joe? Yes. They just broke it. Yeah. Are, are you sure? Yeah. It's showing it as breaking news on MSNBC. CNN has it as breaking news. I put the link there. Well, yeah, um, that's something we haven't yeah, had a chance to talk about. The reason why I'm about. asking, Joe, is because I clicked the link and it said it's from 9.14 a.m. 8.43 p.m. This is Eastern. Well, uh, right. the first FBI targets... responding to report oh, explosion. I see. Okay, I'm sorry. The I first, see up on top. Yeah. On, the fir- top, on top of so, the link, it says another yeah, explosion right. has been reported. Jeez. So the first targets in Austin, sorry, Joe. A, a blue, an isle of blue in a sea of red, um uh the the these uh explosions these package bombs have been targeting um largely african american individuals family members of uh of african americans who are prominent figures in the community um so you tell me who you think could be behind that um you know i don't think it's going to be any well, big shock when we find out it's been settled because is. fox and friends settled it Oh, what what did those idiots have to say? They said the the two FedEx ones this morning prove that it's not racially motivated. Oh yeah, of course okay. not. You, you, you get the connection there. You get it the two because FedEx? I don't. No, I don't either. Because <laughs> I don't I, get it. <laughs> I'm really kind of pissed off about this. I, I don't know if this is racially motivated at this point because the the bombs that went off yesterday. They were very via tripwire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those were not black people. They were not people of color. Yeah, but I think yesterday. this is this is somebody who's who's getting off on the idea that they've gotten away with it so much and now they're just going crazy. You know, they're just yeah. gonna do it wherever. They had targets the before FedEx, and now they're just the FedEx stories, the what you know, there were two that were there, this is the third FedEx story, right? Okay. I don't know if this is a FedEx story, is it? When I say I, I FedEx, know. I mean, there, there are three things. This, the, um, all right, there were two FedEx explosions this morning. Yes, the rest of them the were tripwires and hmm. uh, deliveries, yeah. um, left on porches and stuff. Well, this was in the city. This we'll was in fi- the city. Yeah, we'll yeah. find out more about this as as time yeah. goes on. Uh, I just, but I don't uh, I, I don't want to say that this is I don't want to say that this is racially motivated at this point, and I don't well, want to dismiss I, I it the, the way the fox seems to be doing this. What I think it the seems people like is that we have another Unabomber type dude. I, yeah, I, I think don't know. the people that are involved in in law enforcement for some reason have speculated it's 
race related. They must have a reason they haven't told us. Well, it was it was in the beginning, but then yeah. once we came up on this this that that explosion, the tripwire one. That was when the Austin police started mm. like saying, "Let's back up. Let's not let's not make this." Yeah. Well, I don't yeah, know I get if it. it's race related. Yeah, I get it, but you know, I mean, uh, you know, I'm just saying. You tell me. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying who it is. That, but it's like you know, look at it for what it is, and you know, I'm not going to say anything else. But hey, Francie's on the line with us. Francie, yeah, I should give out the number for everybody. It's three three zero five three six fourteen sixty six. If you want to call the show, we're going to do some quick lightning round calls uh, here on the program. Francie, what's on your mind? Um, it's all too much. Uh, it is oh, most definitely too much, uh, as too always. It's too much! And we don't want to talk about it anymore because it's stupid. No, it's stupid! But we keep doing and, it, Francie. What's going on and with that? throw a couple of punches. Sure, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm calling, from, I'm calling from Connecticut. I'm in my childhood home. I'm still at Mom's. Um, oh, okay. apparently my husband called me from Delaware and it's shitty down there and mm. in Jersey. So he said to stay put, they're going to get hammered tomorrow. <laughs> so what the hell I'm going Yeah. Wait, I know then Sunday. So I'm going to try to sneak out Thursday before the next storm hits. This uh. is ridiculous. It yeah. is crazy. Well, freaking March. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, you know how it goes on the, you know, east Midwest and Eastern Seaboard this time of year. Uh, well, you know, if you don't like the weather, well, wait a minute. I know that was always the New England saying, but I moved to fucking De- I mean, friggin' Well, hey, how was your St. Patrick's Day? It was marvelous. Because yeah. of the Saints alive. Aaron Gobrales, and I did. <laughs> I love you, Francie. Uh, I know you do. For what am I? No, it was lovely. I'm here. You know, I took Mother out, and we had our car- corned beef and cabbage. Nice. And I ordered a side of bacon to crisp up that cabbage, because otherwise it's boring as hell. <laughs> and, you know... It's oh, corned beef, and ca- corned beef and cabbage with a little bacon. Ah, magically delicious. <laughs> oh, me lucky charms. <laughs> oh, hold on to me lucky charms. Oh. I have me lucky charms in my pants. <laughs> I um. was going to say something, but I changed my mind because of what you were talking about. It was would have been totally inappropriate. Are you going to talk about somebody's um, shillelagh? I, I, have, I don't have my boxes. My boxes are in Delaware. I'm boxless. Oh, no. And that's where your lucky charms are, too, right? In your box? Yes, in the box. Yes, they're, because they're <laughs> magically delicious. You know what shillelagh is a euphemism for, don't you? What? I said, you know what shillelagh yeah, is a, u- a euphemism for, don't you? Oh, I absolutely do. And my husband has a mighty fine shillelagh in my tongue. I'm speaking by being shillelaghs. I mean, I have real ones um, that my father got from somebody in the family from Ireland. I, when he passed uh. away, we found them. And one of them, one of them has a round knob on it, right? <laughs> and it's all bumpy. And it's all bumpy and... 
it's heavy, so it's a good weapon too. Oh, you okay. Sw- swack somebody. You could swack somebody on the friggin' head with it. I mean, because shillelaghs were not only walking sticks; they were weapons. Sure. And according to me, me little Irish history, they were also used as weapons because some of these shillelaghs, especially the old blackthorn ones, are pretty heavy, pretty hefty. They're wow. more like a, a cudgel, a cudgel or a club. Sure, I w- but you, you see, I was I was prompting you to, since you you didn't have your box. I was oh, prompting you. Oh Jesus! A nice si- big penis. Oh Don't damn! Say I'm thinking of a club, and you're thinking of penis. So, yeah. Shit! Oh. I fell right into that one. Oh, the old Martin. I don't Lord. know. <laughs> for the record, for the record, can we just say that Francie stepped right into the penis? Don't say oh. penis in this house. I think that's what she ah. said. That's, that's what you said. Oh, I did. Down on the record. Uh oh. Don't put it on the record. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> I plead the fifth of vodka. <laughs> oh, there you go. I, I, I'll, I'll drink to that. Woo-hoo. So, uh. <laughs> I had to plead the fifth of vodka. Yeah, I don't so. know what I'm doing. So, uh, I was drunk at the time. <laughs> But, um, my, I, 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 um, can't stand all the crap that's going on the news, you know? And my mom, God love her, she, every time she says she's Trump on television, she said, Hillary Clinton won. Why is she president? Amen. You know, because mom, mother, mother has a little, Amen. yeah, she has a, a, a dementia. But she sees him and she said, she said he's an idiot. He, he. He has no political experience. Why is he president? Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Why do we vote? Oh, I love your every mom. every friggin' time. Uh, I love your she's mom. A, she's a peach. So. She's a peach. All right. Well, she swears now. That's good. That's good. Wow. So. I like that. Yes. God, she says, um, damn it! Yeah. She says that, like the baby says, uh, fuck Trump. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Fuck you. Yes. Fuck yes. yes. Yes, and who says fuck Trump? Yeah, the hey actor. Trump, fuck you, fuck you. Yes, yeah. there and you I'm go. not happy now. You can let me go. So all right, I can come in. All right, Francie, have a lovely evening and uh, happy uh, late St. Patrick's Day. But uh, appreciate you calling. Thank you, thank you. Have all a right. great night, guys. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Love you Bye. back. See, drive Bye. home safely. Yes, for sure. So, um, all right. Uh, so, uh, if there's any other calls, we can take uh, maybe two more. Three three zero five three six fourteen sixty six. I do want to get to some of this Mark Turnbull audio while we have a little bit of time left, um, because this shit really, really pissed me off. Um, and in a, a, a so Channel Four uh, news from uh, from the UK, and they did so much on this, and they had. Uh, basically, somebody go and secretly tape um, people from Cambridge Analytica, the first one being Mark Turnbull. And uh, they had this meeting, and uh, what, what, this, is, this is not criminal, but it's just stunning to, to see how sleazy this operation was. And it tells you everything you need to know about them. So uh, listen to this. The two fundamental human drivers... Mm. Um, uh, when it comes to taking information on board, uh, effectively, are hopes and fears, and many of those are unspoken and even unconscious. You didn't know that was a fear until you saw something that just evoked 
that reaction from you. Right, right, right. And our job is to get, is to drop the bucket further down the well than anybody else. To understand what are those really deep-seated underlying fears, concerns. There's no good fighting uh, an election campaign on the facts because actually it's all about emotion. Oh my God. And he's right. He's right. And that's the one failure of, and I won't even call it a failure. That's the, the one character trait we have as Democrats is largely we do not campaign on fear. What? Okay. But do we also, do we campaign on emotions? We campaign on emotions slightly, but we campaign on facts. And people like us love facts. But there aren't enough, there aren't there aren't enough people in this world who care about facts. They care about their feelings. Well, I'm going to go forward with saying Democrats care about facts. Yes. And I am going to go right down party line here. I unapologetically, Democrats care about facts. They do. Independents kind of care about feelings. And Republicans care about fear. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Because they know fear is the most powerful motivator. Fear is the most powerful motivator of of the emotional spectrum. Not love, not, you know, I mean, it's hate and fear. Those are the things. You know, if you can appeal to somebody's hate, you can appeal to somebody's fear. That's exactly what the Trump cult is all about. Because they'll even give up their faith. Discuss where we went wrong. They will even give up their faith, as seen with the Trump cult. They will sacrifice every tenet of their Christian faith, as long as as long as it appeals to their hate and their fear. That's just how indecent they are, and that's why Cambridge Analytica works so well at mining out these rubes to flip or just just not even flip, just get off their, get out of their fucking trailer park and go vote for I'm Trump. Gonna go, I'm going to go one step further that might not be popular, but I really do feel like Cambridge Analytica took advantage of independence. I, I, and, belie- and I think Cambridge you're right. Analytica decided to tell people, you know what, if Bernie wasn't your man, then you have to go with Jill Stein. And, and that's what I was kind of getting at with independence. I I think they went after the apolitical, too. Yeah, I think that they yeah. realized that there were people out there who've never and voted in their the life or just voted the same I know way. That you were a Bernie supporter. Yeah. I know it wasn't people like you. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, and but no, what I'm saying is the apolitical, the people who have never voted or just voted the way their parents have, or you know, you vote every once in a while because there's one little bugaboo issue that they they want, you yeah. know, like you know, guns or abortion or whatever. But they they got that full package because I I got into it with a woman on on Twitter today who claimed to be a Christian and she was going after Jim Carrey for that drawing that he did of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And she was like, that's not right. He shouldn't call names. He didn't call names. He said that what she was doing was monstrous, that she was a a professional liar. 
Um, he didn't. He didn't. That drawing of her wasn't really that bad. He straightened no. out her eyes. Um, and I, can I it, can but, I just open this wound up a little I, bit more? Yeah, I just there were but people let me, who were going after Jim Carrey because they were claiming he was an anti-vaxer. Sure, and sure. So therefore, his artwork should be slammed. Uh, yeah, it, the, you you did this, so th- that invalidates this, you know, which is I, wrong. I'm really tired of this kind of thinking. This yeah. it's linear. There's, sure, it's 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 so is is linear the right word? Mm. But it's it's just so black and white where it's like, oh, because you don't agree with everything I agree with, therefore I need to invalidate yeah. you. But and so the, that's this- exactly what Cambridge Analytica has been trying to do. So this woman, so this woman who who proclaims to be a Christian, she's like, oh, we as Christians, we take the high road. Conservative Christians take the high road. This isn't how they should, you know. This what Jim Carrey did here was just terrible, terrible what he did. And I I responded to her and I said, so if I go to your feed, am I going to find a tweet of you condemning Trump for calling Chuck Todd a son of a bitch? Am I yeah, going to see or, that? Or am making, I, uh, how about it, making fun of? Of a handicapped sure reporter. any of that any yes, of that I just yes. went with the most recent I went with most recent but mm-hmm. so I said that to her and she's like look I'd rather vote for a foul mouth guy who stands up for the Constitution than any Democrat who wants to undermine our Constitution and I said I, I said really? and I said to her I said if you think that every Democrat wants to undermine the Constitution then you are a liar and lying is not a Christian virtue and she's like we'll just have to disagree and I was, you know, and it's like, no, no, you're a liar. Every Democrat wants to undermine the Constitution. Maybe every Democrat understands that the com- uh, the Constitution isn't fucking infallible. Maybe Democrats understand the history of the Constitution and how things have been ratified and changed and amended, um, you know, to, to uh, get rid of horrors in our society. Slavery. Allowing women to vote. Segregation. You know, I, I mean, it, 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 that's undermining the Constitution. That's just intellectual dishonesty. And these are the people. She's the person. Because I went to her news feed. And what did I see? What did I see? And that there was a, there was a reason why I said, you know, people who post things from, um, uh, you know, Breitbart or uh, uh, WorldNet Daily or uh, what was the one I said? Gateway Pundit. You know, and then they'll have it mixed in with CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network, Fox News and stuff like that. She had that whole potpourri on her timeline today. And she truly believes that she is this good, decent Christian, but every story was about, well, the Clinton administration did this, and Bob Mueller's a bad American, and, you know, I mean, and it's like, you, you are, you're certifiable if you believe this, if you truly think that anybody who doesn't stand, you know, toe-to-toe with Trump is your enemy, then you are, you're a lost fucking cause, you're just lost, and you were, and those are the people who were manipulated. I actually ended up agreeing with her at one point at the end um, on on one thing, but it was only after she basically conceded that I was I was right for calling out her hypocrisy. And you know, and it's like you know, why are you so you know? Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm just going to repeat something I said earlier. Go ahead, Rain. <laughs> I'm sorry. I no, did I'm it done. again. I'm listening to you. I'm yeah. listening to you. 
But, you know, it, it's like what, what the it's thing that drives me crazy about these people, they have selective outrage and they want to apply the selective outrage based on their worldview to people who don't share the same worldview. So, Jim Carrey, you're a bad man for drawing this picture. But Trump, well, I just, you know, he's going to say what he says, but at least he's protecting the Constitution. So it's like the opposite of what they did with Jim Carrey. It's like, oh, well, Jim Carrey, you did the, you, you said, you know, vaccinations were bad. So everything you say is terrible. Trump, well, you said this one terrible thing, but everything else you do is marvelous. And by the way, Jim Carrey's art, it, art it's pretty good. It is. It's really it's, good. It's, it's really pretty it, good. It was I don't really know good. if it's painting or if it's a Photoshop. You know, you can paint in Photoshop. I it, it, you know, it's, I don't know. It kind of looked good. like pen. It, it looked like an ink drawing, uh, and it looked like watercolor ink, maybe. Um, but I love the his new one, the wicked, wicked witch of the West I, Wing. Trump as the wicked witch. Yes, yes. And I the posted Putin both of those monkeys. in our chat. It was good. Um, the Four Freedoms chat, not. Yeah. production chat and other people were like but he's I, a canadian I, I feel like everybody's just like oh so he's an anti-vaxxer and i i just i feel like first off i don't know if he's an anti-vaxxer his his wife is he he has said things in the past and it pissed me and off he but... has said things but should that mean that he doesn't have something to say about our political landscape yeah Exactly. You know, I mean, you, you can, it's like what John Fugel saying says, uh, do you want to, you know, what he, in the defense of people like Robert Byrd or Ted Kennedy, um, uh, you know, do you want, should, should somebody be defined by the, the worst thing that's ever happened in their life? Or should we, and I'm paraphrasing heavily here, or should we look at, you know, the things they've done to redeem themselves and, and try and do better, you know? Um, we should look at the latter. Otherwise, the only person who can be of any authority is fake Jesus. Yeah, exactly. So, oh. Go ahead, Joe. You get the last word. That path, then we can't yeah. even quote Martin Luther King. Yeah, Joe. He was imperfect too. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Joe. Uh, last word before we get hit the break. Kathy Kathy Griffin's show sold out. Another. See? Another. There you go. See. Boom. Somebody who saw it in one day. In, there in you go. one day. And yeah, what she did was a bad piece of art. You know, I mean, mm, it, yeah, and, and granted, it didn't really offend me, but I looked at it and I was like, eh, you are yeah. just going to get fucking trounced, you right. know, uh, you know, right. it, it, to me, it just seemed like a bad career move because of the vitriol that would that would come at her. So. Yeah, I wasn't that offended by it. And by the way, they fired her from the New Year's Eve thing on CNN. Yeah. Ratings. And it. it was terrible this year yeah <laughs> so the ratings probably dropped yes, too. It but anyway oh, we're yeah we're, we're running super like long Andy. yeah we're running super long we got a lot of other stuff to get to um uh but yeah so god damn it the news cycle seriously stop just stop i want five days of nothing so we can just play fart sounds and do mad libs on the <laughs> show that's it 
So, uh, what the hell is that sound? Yeah. <laughs> what the, what the what hell? What the hell? All right. We got to go to the break. We'll be right back uh, with lots more right after this. We will do Mad Libs tonight, everybody. So, brush up on your vocabulary skills. Friends, here's some exciting news. Everybody, I know you can believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, you will know how to... Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. (laughs) And now, on with the show. We don't want the Irish. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. You may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer to computer contact. That is an idiot idea. Holy mackerel. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah, who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Welcome back to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, the Tuesday edition, broadcasting live on IndieMediaWeekly.com. Worldwide, everyone. Worldwide. Even though we haven't really had many, many multinational listeners in some time. But hey, give it time. Maybe I'll just have to say something really outrageous on the program. Or not. <laughs> but Putin? <laughs> uh, you mean... Uh, Putin. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. Yeah. So, uh, And, of course, welcome back to the show. Rain from Four Freedoms blog in Washington, D.C. Don't we all love Putin? Uh, we love Putin. Nope. Hello, Putin lovers. Nope. Come listen to our show. We love I you. I don't even like Putin pops. Uh, so, and of course, uh, Joe Santoris of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, welcome back, sir. I found my thrill. I'm Blueberry Hill. Don't make me. Don't make me. <laughs> well done. That was. Yeah, I, I'll do it. Do you remember when I'll Putin sang that song? Oh, yeah. You got it, don't you? I do. Do you, Ken? Oh, yeah, I have it. Here you go. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay, uh, do it, do it. Let me see. Uh, I got to make sure I put it in the right spot there. I found my field <laughs> on Blueberry Hill. On Blueberry Hill. When I found you. Stop it. <laughs> In Russia, he'll find you. Yeah. Stop it. Oh my God. So he'll find you, <laughs> Mother Russia. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, um, you help our international audience. 
Yeah, there we go. Uh, come on, Russians who hate uh, Putin, which apparently 148% of you all love him because that's who voted for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They stopped uh, counting because they ran out of citizens. Yeah, let, let's get to that. <laughs> let's get to that. Is Clinster better be here tonight because I got a story for him. He better be listening. You better be listening, Clinster, because I got a, a fundies. I got a fundies story for you. Um, so, uh, all right, let, let's go ahead. We're going to have to skip over some of the other Cambridge Analytica stuff. Uh, but good news, uh, Alexander Nix has been forced to resign from Cambridge Analytica. But seriously, that company should be fucking dissolved for the the, the criminal tactics that they've uh, they've been Ugh. employing. But uh, so speaking of criminal tactics, hey, Donald Trump, everybody, um, it, though Joe kind of teased this earlier, though advised not to call and congratulate Trump. Here's Trump bragging about this today when I think he was speaking. He was having a press conference with the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Yes. I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, listen to this. I had a uh, call with President Putin and congratulated him on the victory, his electoral victory. Why? The uh, call had to do also with the fact that we will uh, probably get together in the not-too-distant future so that we can discuss uh, arms, we can discuss the arms race. As you know, he made a statement that being in an arms race is not a great thing. That was right after the election, one of the first statements he made. And we that. are spending $700 billion this year in our military, and a lot of it is that we are going to remain stronger than any other nation in the world by far. We had a very good call, and I suspect that we'll probably be meeting in the not-too-distant future to discuss future. the arms race, which is getting out of control, but we will never allow anybody to have anything even close to what we have. And also what? to discuss Ukraine and Syria and North Korea and various other things. So I think probably we'll be uh, seeing President Putin in the not-too-distant future. Three times he said that. Three oh times he said in the not-too-distant future. So, uh, <laughs> what about all the other things he said in between? We're going to discuss Ukraine and, and Syria. He didn't say anything against Putin or Russia. Nothing. Or about election meddling. We're not going to discuss that. No. Why no, would you? Not nothing. Or, or about, you know, I don't know, the spy that's been po poisoned in UK. Yeah. Yep. On UK soil. He made it sound. He made it sound like his mm -hmm. meeting with Putin is going to be so awesome. It's going to yeah. be so awesome. He made it. He didn't even make it sound like it was going to be adversarial at all. No, not at all. It, it should be if he had a normal president. Well, yeah, and exactly, we don't. And of course, you know, uh, the the toughest uh, Trump is with uh, Putin and Russia. Oh, we can't stay mad at you. <laughs> We're gonna spank you with our lips. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> and that. <laughs> and that. And Jeans Girl said, "When the fuck did he say that today? He said that today." And she also said, "Soon. The word is soon." I thought it was. Do you think the summit is in the future? <laughs> Do you think the summit is going to be in the same hotel room? Uh oh, oh. where the ladies peed on the bed? Uh it could be. Well, the cameras because are already set up. Here's <laughs> the thing. Here, here's the. I'm going to just put this out there. I have a strong feeling 
that Trump is going to travel to Russia for this summit. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he will. I I have a I had the same exact feeling. It, it to me it sounded like that. Putin's not coming to the White House. Putin's not coming to anywhere in Washington D.C. No, uh, no, because, it, no, he because we have intelligence agencies that still care about the United States. Oh yeah, and I have a feeling that we probably have people, uh, or there are probably agents of uh, other. Uh, he he's paranoid. He's not going to meet here because he probably thinks he'll be killed if he comes here. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if, yep. you know, the I deep agree. state wants him dead. <laughs> so <laughs> there's my controversial thing I said on the show. The deep state wants Putin dead. Putin, Putin. Putin, Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin. Not too distant. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I do. I feel strongly like I think we're going to find out that Trump is going to be like, I need to get back to Russia. Yeah. Where else? Where else are they going to be? Well, they oh, still have. I, v- I, I think they still have VHR, rent, VHS rental stores there. So he probably wants to go get as I, many copies of the tape as he can. <laughs> I think I could break. I think I know. <laughs> I could break that? that news right now. I know where they're going to meet. Where? I'm blueberry. Yeah. Oh, see, see, yeah. They, they. <laughs> I already covered that thing up. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but I'll play. It. But don't worry, don't worry. Uh, someday soon, I'll play it, Joe. Not too distant future. Yeah, yes, I'll play it just for Putin. So, yeah. Uh, so. They can't meet in Syria, right? Uh, no. They can't no. meet in the Hague. Um, boy, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, uh, if they're going to have a summit, where are they going to meet? Syria, Iran, North Korea. (laughs) Yeah, Kilimanjaro. Uh, So, I don't want to kill him in Jaro. I want to kill him. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I think you're talking about killing Putin. Putin. Yeah. So, don't worry, Putin. You're going to be killed. That's that's my uh, <laughs> I don't, yes because my <laughs> vast deep state connections, <laughs> my vast deep state connections are gonna get Putin killed. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm, well, I'm, ser- I'm trying to be provocative. He's not here. coming here. Yeah, he's not coming to Cleveland. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'll Just I'll, I'll spike your borscht. Uh, so <laughs> Trump is going to Russia. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, all right, uh, let's get to the Sarah Hickabilly slanders was confronted by Major Garrett because uh, John McCain, uh, doing something right once again, um, uh, said, We don't call and congratulate, uh, uh, you know, autocrats or dictators or whatever he said, uh, for winning, you know, phony elections. You know, 140% of Russians agree. Putin, <laughs> Putin. Putin is the new president of Russia. Uh, so no term limits over there anyway. Uh, but uh, here you go. I'll get your reaction to a statement that Senator John McCain, the chairman of the Armed Services Committee, just put out. And I'm quoting him directly here. An American president does not leave the free world by congratulating 
dictators on winning sham elections. And by doing so with Vladimir Putin, President Trump insulted every Russian citizen who was denied the right to vote in a free and fair election to determine their country's future, including the countless Russian patriots who have risked so much to protest and resist Putin's regime. How do you respond? Look, uh, the president once again has um, maintained that it's important for us to have a dialogue with Russia so that we can focus on some areas of shared interests, the ones that I've already named. Uh, at the same time, we're going to continue to be tough on them. The president joined uh, other countries in these calls. Both Germany and France have reached out, uh, as well as President Obama in 2012. These are conversations that sometimes take place, and certainly the president finds there to be an importance in having that dialogue with Russia mm -hmm. so that we can talk about some of the big problems that face the world. Does the White House disagree with Senator McCain's characterization of this as a sham election? Uh, we disagree with the fact that we shouldn't have conversations with Russia. There are important topics that we should be able to discuss, uh, and that is why the president's going to continue to have that dialogue. At the same time, we've been very clear in the actions that we've taken uh, that we're going to be tough on Russia, particularly uh, when it comes to um, areas that we feel where they've stepped out of place. We've placed tough sanctions on Russia and a number of other things where we have shown um, exactly what our position is. Uh, That's wrong, you uh, dumb bunny! Try it again! Yeah, here's the, sa again, Trump sanctions on Russia and Putin. Oh, we can't stay mad at you. We're going to spank you with our lips. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> and that. <laughs> and that. Yeah. Mm. We're going to spank you with our lips. And those sanctions. You know they cut and paste those right off the indictment. Mm -hmm. Is she really trying to say that those elections were free and fair? No, she just said that we shouldn't have a dialogue with Russia. Which is exactly what she said. Good God. Good God. Oh, good God. <laughs> good golly, Miss um, Molly. I mean, yeah, she just, uh, you know, we, who, are, who are we to say whether they should have free elections or rigged ones? I think the funniest thing was when they were stuffing the ballot box and the security camera was on them. Yes. The lady went with the balloons and blocked it. You saw that too, right? <laughs> yes. yes. That seems completely legit. I'm oh, yeah. Up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was totally. They were stuffing the ballot box. They had hundreds of, of ballots with Putin's name on it. And <laughs> she put you know, the balloon up. The funny up. thing is, is that I think, I think, um, Forgive me if I can't remember this correctly, but I heard on our local news station, WTOP, <laughs> they were saying that Putin was hoping for 79% of the electorate. And I think he got 76.8. Yeah. 76.8 thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> so he didn't even get like the percentage he wanted. Stephen Colbert had, had a funny line on that. He says, way to pick up like... Like a real off number, he said he did seventy five. Not yeah, seventy six, seventy six. Exactly. I you feel know? bad for all the people who didn't vote for him. Yeah. Well, you know who I don't feel bad for? Ben Carson. I feel bad for his wife. Oh, Carson. Oh, oh how about Carson? Him. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, oh. let, me, let me see if I here. Uh, we we got to set up Ben Carson, right, everybody? Uh, it's been a while since we've heard from him, but uh, you know what? We're gonna hear from him. Um, it's been a while since he's been awake. Yeah. Yeah. And we're gonna hear from him. Uh, uh, Not too distant future. But we'll play this. The uh, fortitude <laughs> of the energy of the belief of the faith. Yeah, whatever. Mm. Whatever, dummy. Of his wife. Of his wife. Speaking of sleepy-eyed SOBs. No, I won't say that about his mom. She seemed like a nice person that... (laughs) I don't know. Gave him a magical... uh, uh, Gave him the ability to stab belts. (laughs) (laughs) So Ben McStabby, Ben Carson... Uh, you remember the furniture, the $31,000 dining set, man, there is so much bullshit in this. He was uh, in front of a congressional, uh, hearing. I don't know, but the, the topic got brought up. So, you know, who are you gonna, who are you gonna blame for, uh, for spending $31,000? Well, ladies sure like to shop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So listen to this nonsense. When I assumed the position, uh, I was told that uh, uh, traditionally... (laughs) What did you say again there, Ben? When I assumed the position... Oh! (laughs) Oh! Uh, all right. Uh, I bet you when you I did assume- that in a Popeyes or establishment. Oh yes, in a Popeyes establishment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rob them. Don't rob me. I'm a good Christian. When I assumed the position, uh, I was told that uh, uh, traditionally secretaries redecorate their offices. Uh, I came in. I looked at it. You know, I'm uh, not really big into decorating. If it was up to me, my office would probably look like a, a hospital waiting room. But, uh, at any rate, you know, I invited my wife to come in and help me. Downstairs uh, at the sub-basement, we have a bunch of uh, used furniture. We went down, made a couple of changes, uh, had some drapes added, which were down uh, in the basement also, and some blinds for the window. The total cost of renovation, $3,500. Okay, he went down in the basement and found a bunch of junk and got some blinds and some some drapes and it was three grand, over three grand? How big's yeah. his office? How big is this? So yeah, so there there, you know, uh, and there's there's one there's so much bullshit coming out of these clips. But li- listen to the the tail end of this. Uh a few months later, I was told that the dining rooms had needed to be changed. Uh, I why? said, why? Because people were being stuck by nails, a chair <laughs> collapsed with somebody <laughs> sitting in it. It's 50 years old. <laughs> people were being stuck by nails. Well, you should be okay with that. You're so stabby. Uh, just get yeah. them some magic belt buckles and they won't get stabbed by nails. I was making uh, it sound like the dining room set was there was just like had nails up and just, out. out. Just, yeah, yeah, like most. so full of crap. Well, people, was, were, people's teeth were falling out. Yeah, they were just eating their scrambled te- eggs and their teeth just ejected teeth from their out. mouths like a cassette right. tape just flying out. <laughs> so, so so yeah so so there were nails that were sticking people a chair collapsed on somebody the, uh, you know in into all that i say bullshit none of that happened yeah i can you. guarantee I you none of that shit. happened 
None of that happened. This is like, you know, and before we get to the end of all this, and we're we're gonna go a little bit long here, and I and I don't know if Clinster's not out there, I'm not gonna do the crazy fundy story because it's kind of upsetting. So Clinster, if if you're listening to the podcast, you gotta come listen to the show live for me to do that because it's good. It's not a good way to end the show, and I already have a lot of stuff. But yeah, so. Uh, I want to say this about, about uh, Ben Carson here is that all he had to do was say, look, I made a mistake with this. It's not going to happen mm-hmm. again. That's all you needed to do. Say, look, I, you know, I, I it was it was stupid. I, I wasn't paying attention. You know, maybe even throw in, you know what? I'm used to spending that kind of money on my own and, you know, because I'm pretty wealthy and I, I, I wasn't thinking about that. Can, just I, say, can I just interrupt here for a minute? Sure. I, I need to interrupt here. Do you really think that the table, whatever fucking table he was talking about, had nails poking out of it? It's a lie. Because I, I kind of find that part bullshit. Get a tack hammer. Before him was another, you know, secretary of housing and urban development. And all those you really peop- think he was like, I'm going to leave a table behind with nails sticking out of it? Uh, well, the answer question. I'll tell you me. what. The former, uh, everybody from HUD, they all had scratches on their bottom. <laughs> or they all I did. have a question. I have yes. a question. Sure, sure. Yes. Why does HUD headquarters have a dining room? Uh, to serve scrambled well, eggs. There's <laughs> Isn't there like... Is, <laughs> Isn't there like a cafeteria? Like I worked in the labor and industry building, and we had a cafeteria sure. on, on uh, the fourth floor, and that was it. You know, we went down there to eat. I didn't have a dining room in my goddamn cubicle. I mean, wh- where? Okay, a conference room? Yes. A cafeteria? Yes. Maybe. Yeah. A dining room? Yes. Fuck dining you! Room. Fuck you! Go home. Go home and sit at your fucking dining room table and eat a fucking meal. You don't need dining room yeah, for a paper. There's something we need to look into. We need I understand that some research this. They should have had a break <laughs> a room, point. a break room, a cafeteria in the building. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But why do you have room? a dining room in HUD yeah. headquarters? Or well, they got a bidet in there too. Oh, I hope so. Because wasn't because there's so much shit flying in there. True. <laughs> All right, rain. Before finish. this whole dining room table thing, wasn't there a hutch discussion? Uh, I think there oh, was a hutch. Being I think discussed. that comes with the set. I think that was you part of the hutch set. But and anyway, a low boy. anyway, <laughs> it, it, in a low in a sideboard as well. <laughs> uh, really a buffet. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh-huh. So all right, here's uh here here's the last part of this. Um, I said, uh, uh, okay, we can potentially do that. I asked my wife also uh, to to help me with that. Why? Uh, they showed us some yeah. catalogs. The prices were beyond what I wanted to pay. I made it clear that but, that just uh, didn't seem right to me. Uh, really? Really? And, you know, I left it with my wife. Uh, I said, you know, help choose something. But I said, the money that uh, is going to be used, we need to take care of the deputy secretary's office. And, uh, you know, whatever's Hi. left over, you know, uh, take care of the dining room furniture. So they put so in the deputy's office they like put up like a Kylie Minogue poster and some paper coasters, and then the what was left over they used uh, to buy this thirty one thousand dining room set. I don't know why Kylie Minogue, Minogue was my go to for the poster, but uh, you know I was gonna say Farrah Fawcett at first, um, yeah. but uh, I thought that was a little too dated. 
Uh, so they went to Home Depot and uh, they got folding chairs. Yeah. <laughs> so the deputies. So the deputies. Uh, yeah, they they got them. Uh, they got them uh, uh, a bean bean bag chair. And, yeah. uh, and a, in a lava four lamp, four by eight piece of <laughs> plywood with legs, a lava a lava lamp from Spencer Gifts. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and some milk crates, and a few milk crates they stole from the corner store. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so okay, ladies, they be shopping. Um, so uh, yeah, so so he blamed his wife blamed there. His uh, wife. I left it, I left it with my wife, and I told her I explained to her. What was left over could be used to buy this. Such shit. Such absolute shit. Blamed it on his wife. He did. And his he wife did. is not a federal employee. No. Yeah, but don't, but hey, guess what? There's another clip that we're going to hear. In the not too distant future. Meaning now. This furniture was selected by your wife, is that correct? Uh, a style and a color was selected by her. Fabrics, uh, <laughs> that so, sort of thing. W- with the caveat that we were not happy with the pricing and they needed to find something. Well, really? He, if anybody knew my wife, they would realize how ridiculous this was. She's the most frugal person in the world. Oh, she's also so cheap. when did you become aware of the pricing? Uh, when the article came out. When the article came out. Are Do you, you know uh, Ada Rodriguez? Yes. All right, I'll pause it there. You had something to say, Rain? I just said, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. If you knew my wife, you'd know how frugal she is. If she was that frugal, she would be like, guess what? It's not my job to pick out furniture. Well, here's the thing. I'm so frugal knowing that I am not getting paid by the federal government to pick up fucking furniture. And he's straight up lying about this, too, because he's saying, oh, we had no idea about the cost of it until the article came out. But then he just said in the prior clip, oh, we saw the prices in the catalog and it was way too expensive, but we bought it anyway. You know? (laughs) So I told, he said, I saw the prices in the catalog, so I told her to pick out a color. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Pick out a color and a style. So disgusting. She didn't pick out the furniture. She just picked out a color and a style. So she picked out the furniture. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, that cracks me up because you know what? I just bought new furniture for about, um, I don't know, 0.3% of what they paid for this for our living room. Uh, Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I I spent like a grand. I spent a grand on our, uh, you know, living room furniture, a nice sectional couch and two chairs. Uh, And I picked out, and and you know what, Rain? I picked out a color and a style and hit pay. (laughs) (laughs) Here's here's the fucking thing. Here's something. And I'm sure we've got this clip. (laughs) What kills me is he said, if you knew my wife, you knew how frugal she is. In other yeah. words, cheap. And I don't mind being cheap. Sure. God damn it. Bob and I go to Goodwill. Okay. We do too. So, I love Goodwill. I think, Salvation I think Army, that Goodwill. he went on to say, well, we would have gone to Goodwill, but we didn't have the ability to do so. I know. That made me so angry. I heard that. I heard that. That's in the, that's in the end of this clip. Here, listen. And she certainly had the quote on the pricing. That was just never shared with you before this? Like I said, I dismissed myself from this issue because I had many, much more important things to deal with. 
Is oh, your yeah. uh, wife your involved wife. in any other decisions regarding taxpayer money or funding or purchasing uh, at the and uh, none, none whatsoever. And uh, her question about all this was, can we buy used furniture? Why can't we buy used furniture? And we found out that we didn't have a way oh of doing God. that. Okay, okay. How didn't oh you have God. a way of doing it? Are there two catalogs you can buy furniture from it with, with taxpayer dollars? It, it, because I'm fairly certain you could go to Craigslist or eBay, and if you have a credit card, and I'm assuming that you have, that's how people pay for things when they work in government, is it like they have you know, a government credit card, a company credit card, you know, like, like you do. Yeah. So, so, oh, we, we, she wondered if we could buy it secondhand, but no, we just couldn't. We just couldn't. We had to pay $31,000 for it. That's the point. I didn't like no, the price, but that was not. the price. So I was okay with the price, but I'm not okay. And I didn't know anything about it, but I did know about it. And then when the article came out and I just, wow, surprise, I'm shocked. <laughs> they could have went to crazy eddies his prices are insane <laughs> he's 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 so bad at lying it's really complete bullshit it, oh i wish we could have bought used furniture you could have I'm really glad that we didn't put him in charge of the agriculture department where you, you could have bought used food see yeah um, well we don't have time for used foods emporium uh but we but, but yeah. the fact, you know, the fact that he threw his wife under the bus and he basically is saying my wife is too stupid to buy the cheaper furniture because that's what he's saying, right? Yeah, pretty much. And should have sent her to Rent-A-Center. And, and the, <laughs> the, the other part of it is that Rent-A-Center. The other part of Big it loss. is that sure. you didn't have to redecorate. Here's the thing. He is in Trump's cabinet he didn't yeah. have to redecorate the fucking hud department and hud yeah. i know everybody knows this but i gotta say it it's you know it's it's for poor people who can't afford housing in urban in urban areas yeah yeah thirty one thousand dollars for a piece of furniture i still want to know why for an apartment for one poor person for a year yeah. i still want to know why an office has a dining room um, <laughs> I, I don't get tell you. Even know. Uh, I don't yeah. care about the dining room. I care about the money. I'm really pissed yeah. about this. Oh, I am too. I am too. The dining room. I am too. We but here, half a fucking area. You know what? I at my job, I eat at my desk. Me too. I used to eat at my <laughs> desk, and we had a break room. But I used to eat at my desk. Yeah, and. When I was at the L&I building in Harrisburg, we had, like, a fucking cafeteria. You know, another wild and wacky thing is sometimes I walk to a restaurant and have lunch with a friend. There you go. Isn't but that crazy? But you know what? I, the, Joe, though, my I big flaw here, my big flaw, my big flaw, though, is there are no... development need dining room? That's well, a good point. Yeah. Was there a dining room beforehand? Um, Do we know that? I, don't, I have no idea. It was probably a war room uh, under GWB. <laughs> so, uh, to, you know. But I worked in a cubicle. There was no yeah. 
fucking dining room. Yeah, I work in a closed door office, and you know, I, I I eat at my desk. But you know, but Joe, I think my big the big flaw in my logic here, and Rain can back me up on this. The reason why people from HUD don't go walk to a restaurant in Washington D.C. and meet up with friends is because Washington D.C. doesn't have a single restaurant in the whole city. I know I've been there. I couldn't find a place to eat. Oh my god! I had to actually go to Maryland to get a, a meal. Sure, yeah. Got a crab cake. Had Not to go a get single a single restaurant. Went to went to Maryland, ate a crab cake, went back. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> had to go up to Delaware to get lunch. So yeah. All right. So can we just go back on two things? Sure. One, why does HUD need a dining, dining room, room set? Yes. And two, why is Ben Carson's wife in charge of spending taxpayers' money? When she is not a member of the federal government. Yeah, it, it you know, in part of this hearing, another, well, let's add on to that. Uh, it, why was he letting his son, uh, oh. he was letting his son uh, uh, handle certain events that they were doing, too. Yeah. So, uh, no. Let's just say that's a no, Ben. And I have another thing. Isn't it, you know, anything we bought. I mean, we had a we had a, a you know a basic uh, uh, level we can spend out of our petty cash. Yeah. But when we got to a certain amount, we had to put it out on bids. Yeah. You know, like what WTF here? Well, you like, know, that's the same in my job. Dollars would be like a bid item, wouldn't it? Or maybe. Well, know. yeah. I mean, at my job, you know, we have a certain amount. We have an allotment for like supplies. Like I waited, mm-hmm. I waited six years to get a new office chair. An office chair. Oh wow! <laughs> my my last office chair was so broke ass. You guys would have laughed at me. You would have laughed. It was such a pathetic, crappy piece of crap. So anyway. I'll tell you what I we're we're running. Office chair is that? I sad? almost did. I almost did. And you know how I got a new office chair? My the general manager came into my office and sat in my chair and said, "Oh shit, you need a new office chair." And I got a new office chair. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> but anyway, we we really have to go to the break. But yeah, that is nonsense. All you had to do, Ben Carson. Just say, look, we screwed up. We're sorry. It's not going to happen again. I'm going to keep a closer eye on this. That's it. No, my, well, you see my wife, and we couldn't buy used, and we couldn't possibly even repair. We couldn't get a tack hammer to put those nails back in. A chair collapsed no. on someone. You're a liar. Oh, All lies. Terrible lies. Thank you, Trent Reznor. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, we got to go to the break. We're going to, uh, take a quick break here and come back and get into, um, Mad Libs and then wrap up the show and get ready for Tim Carmel. So don't nobody go nowhere. We'll be right back right after this. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. All of us need to stop focusing on the lobbyists and the bloggers and the talking heads on radio and KennyPick.com. Ah, banana oil.
lift a big brother up Everybody's doing it but no one sees This midnight conspiracy Indie Media Weekly. I am Michelle Lagan, co-host and Dungeon Master of Mic Check Radio. And I am Miles Lagan, co-host and Galaxy Master of Mic Check Radio. You know, a Galaxy Master is just a glorified Dungeon Master, except for you played the laser swords. They're called lightsabers? Anyways, tune in every Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern to hear host Adam Hebert and us discuss politics and nerd stuff. Indie Media Weekly. All the power without the tower. Indie Media Weekly Radio is proud to bring you the Thomas Jefferson Hour, a radio program that models civil discourse, critical thinking, and good citizenship. Join nationally acclaimed humanity scholar and award-winning first-person interpreter of Thomas Jefferson, Clay Jenkinson, for the Thomas Jefferson Hour, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 4 p.m. The Thomas Jefferson Hour on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Visit them at jeffersonhour.com. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Where is it that you're from? Cleveland. Cleveland's. Lake Erie. Erie. What was once the mistake by the lake is now the roar by the shore. I'm rapidly becoming a big underground success in this town. Cleveland has taken its honored place in the building of America. Thank you, Cleveland. Thank you, Scranton. Thank you, Washington, D.C., the city with no restaurants. Uh, welcome back to the program, everyone. Uh, not a single dinery or eatery in Washington, D.C. You nope. need dining rooms in all buildings. <laughs> yes, that's why you have to have them. Fucking what the hell? And you can't so buy used furniture. In the past five years, D.C. has actually become a foodie town. Yeah, I know. There was a there was a falafel joint I wanted to hit the last time we were there and I I didn't I couldn't couldn't find one. It was like a small we used chain. To go to, we used to go to DC a lot and 
a guy from my hometown had a restaurant on DuPont Circle. Oh. Oh. It was an Italian restaurant. It was great. And it's closed now, but uh, DuPont Circle was always a great place to go for uh, for food because, well, I'd go there because my friend's restaurant was there. Mm. But that was fun. And, and, and there were tons of restaurants just there. I mean, I know everywhere you went, there was food. Mm-hmm. I Washington. know we have to get to I, we have to get to Mad Lives, but we I have to tell you, do. one of my favorite places around Dupont Circle mm-hmm. is a place called the Big Hunt. <laughs> I'm not going there. No, it's good. I've been to the Big Hunt a long time. My friend's <laughs> place was called Anna Maria's. Real place, but Ken. I don't think it was. I for know. Me. <laughs> Never mind. Well, I'm not saying anything. It just, for some reason, the way you pronounced that sounded funny to me for a moment. It's the name of the place. It's the big hunt. <laughs> you might say that again. In the not too distant future. <laughs> yeah. So. I know. I know who ran that restaurant. Do you really? Yeah, his name was Dick. Yeah. Dick, Hur- Dick Hurts. Actually, Dick Hurts. Oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not I heard Mike. That. Heard that's really what, true. Dick Hurts. M- was it Mike? And the Big Hunt. <laughs> and you know, you know who the spokesperson for the National Park Service is? <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Oh wait, I forget what what was it again? <laughs> I glitterous. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought it was huge a penis, but uh, apparently no, not. Mike glitterous. Don't say penis in this house. Mike glitterous really. I'm yes, not lying was... about the Big Hunt and Mike glitterous. See? No. I know you're. I know because I've seen them both. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We we got to get to Mad Libs, everybody. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, our uh, we but I I do have a lot of uh, empty holes that need to be filled. Uh, well, <laughs> See, there we go. Uh, here we go. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. This is madness. Don't get mad, get mad libs. <laughs> oh, God bless Matt Libs. All right, here we go. What? Uh, <laughs> what? What? Hello? Uh, so <laughs> All right, Joe, I need a type of gas. <laughs> Colon. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> let me see. Uh, oh wait, wait. How uh, about colon uh, emissions? Colon emissions. Colon emissions. Yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> rain. I need a number. Oh, let's go with thirty-two. Thirty-two. Um, Joe, I need a direction. This doesn't necessarily have to be compass points. It could be mm-hmm. like, you know, you could say I walked around or something, you know, so, you know, just an example. So it could be compass points or it could be, you know, any kind of direction. You know what I mean? Maybe. Left. Left. Okay. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, Rain, I need another direction. Okay, um, forward. There we go. Um, and, uh, Joe, I need a silly word. Um, nutter butter. 
Okay, and uh, all right, moving along, uh, rain for the next one. I need a type of icky food. <laughs> What's a food sea you urchin. hate? Sea urchin. That's a good one. Oh, that's uh, icky. Have you ever eaten sea urchin? I have. It's gross. Oh, really? What is it? What? What would you compare it to? Um. It would be like eating, um, snail. No, no, no. Is it eating, rubbery? Um, is it urchin, rubbery like no, octopus? Sea urchin, sea urchin is like eating raw furry balls, like male testicles. Oh, uh, like sweaty balls. Yeah, but raw, but not that stinky. Yowza, uh, hmm. Joe, I need a color. Yeah. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> yes. <What>? A color. <laughs> A color. A yes. color? Yeah. <laughs> I can say blue for blue balls. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Uh, rain, I need uh, a city. Oh, a city. So many cities. What's the Let's one without restaurants with, uh, again? What? Well, so what's the one without restaurants again? No. DC. <laughs> no, you, what, was it, what was the one you were going to say? No, I, I don't know. I, let's go with D, uh, Washington, D.C. All right, or, we'll go with that. Yeah, I know. That didn't make it fun. No, no, it's it's fun. I like it. I, I, I'm i sorry. I was kibitzing. That's no no good. I should, I'm, I should be a better host. Uh, Joe, I need a male conservative. Uh, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Beauregard Graham. Joe, he said male. Oh, now, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. So. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and uh, rain, um, <laughs> a type of liquid. Oh. <laughs> Think of some of Lindsay's favorites. God damn it. I'm going to go with this. See that doesn't help. <laughs> Here, sea urchin. Complete this. Complete this, Rain. Rick. <laughs> let's, let's go with a uh, Rick. Let's go with a Lindsay, South Carolina mule, as opposed to a Moscow mule. Oh, okay. So a uh, a Lindsay, South Carolina mule. All right. Uh, so <laughs> that's an LSC. I put it down LSC mule, but I think I'll remember what it was. Uh, Joe, I need a type of food, plural. Um, kumquats. <laughs> you were thinking about that type of liquid. <laughs> Rain, I need an animal. An animal? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, an animal. Um... I can't use kumquat, can I? No. <laughs> no. Maybe a kumquat eater. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna Is go with. Animal? They have long snouts. I'm gonna go with a yeah. sheep. A sheep. A sheep. There you go. Yes. Ship. Uh, <laughs> Joe, I need an exclamation. God damn it! <laughs> I love that. GDI, easy one. Uh, rain a part of the body, please. Oh, a uh, anus. 
anus. Oh, hey, look, Scooter Cans is in the chat. I don't think he was in there earlier. So, um, and it, oh, and he says, and as I as I said before, just one degree of separation between me and Ben Carson. His mother worked in a Detroit in Detroit for a family of a guy I know, and my brother who visited this family friend of ours last summer in Tacoma Park, Maryland, said that Ben has been to their house many times. And that he is not cabinet material, but he does <laughs> like shopping. So, Joe, male uh, or female conservative? Um, Victoria Tensing. Victoria oh. Tensing. Who the fuck is this? Who is she? She. she well, you're going to find out because she's married to Joe De, De, De Genova. The lawyer? You know, yes. Right. Oh, you know Victoria Tensing? She oh yes, you know her. I know you'll know she her. On a show or something? How's this no, gonna yes, work well, She used to, to be on it. she used to be on every panel after the OJ Simpson trial was over. Oh jeepers. Every day. All right, well yeah, there we go. And she, and, okay. Yeah. Rain, a plural noun. Shits. <laughs> oh, you guys are—you guys have really come come into your own uh, on the Mad Libs. I gotta say. <laughs> All right, just a uh, well. Actually, Joe looks like you get the last one. Part of the body. Part of the body. Kneecap. Kneecap. You always say kneecap, but it's okay. It usually works out. Um, <clears throat> kneecap or toenail. <laughs> so. All right, here we go. We'll start with the the. Oh, I don't know which one do I want to start with. Yeah, let's start with the the last one first. All right, here we go. This one's uh, from the uh, the huge tome of knowledge and tome of wisdom, known as Best of Mad Libs, fifty years of Mad Libs, over one hundred and twenty five classic Mad Libs, and uh, the first one we're gonna read out of this, randomly selected tonight, is called Swimming. Many Americans have swimming penises in their backyards and learn to swim at very at a very tiny age. Okay. Like the penis. But learning to swim is easier than learning to nauseate or read a mystery science theater 3000. <laughs> First, you float on your kneecap until until you're able to waffle across the pool. <laughs> I'm trying to visualize that. Sounds good. Uh, If you work hard, in no time at all, you can master the um, felonious crawl and the slimy stroke. And you can even electrocute underwater. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. Uh, Yeah, throw in the toaster and you can definitely do that. Uh, Remember, with lots of practice, you can become an erect champion perjurer on the U.S. Olympic future. (laughs) The not too distant future. All right. right. So I think I'm going to save the middle one for last and go to uh, some physical laws we should all know from the same volume. If you apply heat to colon emissions, it will be head. Excuse me. Uh, These are some physical laws we should all know. Uh, That was number one. Number two is uh, water always seeks its own junior mints. That's true. 
That is true. That is true. Three is a right uh, in a right triangle. The square of the asparagus is equal to the sum of the squares of the two uh, of the other two hams. Somebody's thinking about Easter dinner. That was Francie. So. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what happens after that? You What's get that? yellow pee. Oh, you oh well, you get Satan smelling urine is what you, you get. You get yellow pee squared. Oh, it smells. Or horrible. yellow pie. Yeah, yeah. Happy belated pie day, everybody. That was a while ago. Uh, number four, sound travels through the air at a rate of thirty-two indictments per second. In Trump world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it seems accurate. It seems accurate so far. Uh, all right. Uh, here's another uh, physical law we should all know. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I did. I read ahead. Number five is weight: sixteen ounces equal one nutter butter. There you go. Uh, I well, love this one. I, I love this one. <laughs> Number six is the best. I gotta. I gotta tell you right now. If an object is floating in borscht, it displaces its own subpoena. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the last one, number seven is everything that goes left must come forward. So there you go. Uh, all right. This is my favorite one, I think, of, of the lot. Although that was great. Last one what, was it, really brilliant. Everything yeah, that if goes not, left must come forward. Yeah. I uh, love that. Yeah, so well, you see, that's kind of like the lean forward uh, campaign on MSNBC, right? Mm-hmm. It's about everything that's right. If you're going to go left, yeah. you're going to go forward. You're going to progress. We're going to win. Bingo, bingo. Uh, but I, I do love though, if if an object floating in in borscht, uh, if <laughs> it displaces its own subpoena, um, <laughs> abstract. I've always said that. Yeah. All right, and the last one. Oh, who can ever forget the classic '50s monster movie? Beware of the blob; it creeps and leaps and glides and slides oh, yeah. across the floor. I love this. Uh, yeah, the blob. This one's called the blob. The blob is one of those movies uh, Hollywood Hollywood gerbils keep remaking every few years. <laughs> it's true. The main character is a huge, huge blue lump of pulsating sea urchin that wants to become the first putrid mayor of the city of Washington, D.C. Okay. Marion Barry? Of course. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, it was created by a scientist played by Lindsey Graham. The scientist actually the scientist accidentally dropped some Lindsey Graham South Carolina mule into a dish full of kumquats. <laughs> accidentally he says. It would have to be. Are you sure about that, Lindsey? Um, the food the food immediately Oh god damn it. Seriously, I got to I got to read that. The food immediately started masturbating and eventually grew to the size of a slime bag. <laughs> of course. So That's it was. Happened. So it turned into Steve Bannon. I see. Um, yeah, because he, he sucks his own. Never mind. The, That's the blob. <laughs> Tongue to tip. Uh, <laughs> the blob eats up the scientist and his favorite sheep and begins to roll buzzingly down the street. When people see. <laughs> 
when people see it, they say, God damn it! But the blob just opens... <laughs> oh, God. But the blob just opens its anus and swallows them, along with any wasps that are in the neighborhood. Finally, it gets to the power company, where the heroine, played by Victoria Tensing, manages to kill it with 100,000 shits. <laughs> That'll do it. That's how I remember the blob. Yeah, that's exactly how it happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that dear lord. Mad Lib could read like a freaking Hollywood screenplay. Sure, sure. Harvey Weinstein would greenlight that. So. <laughs> For the right price. Uh, uh, so anyway, anyway, that was that was harrowing, but uh, it was good. It was good. So thank you, everybody, for help with the Mad Libs in the chat room. That was good. So, <laughs> uh, so all right, let's go ahead and uh, and wrap things up. Uh, uh, who wants to go first with parting shots? Uh, Rain, would you like to go first? I no. Joe, um, just a a something we I, I don't think we covered this tonight, but it's a big story. I think and there's it's a lot than- we didn't cover. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, Storm, it's bigger than Stormy Daniels. And Stormy Daniels is going to be big. I mean, I'm going to watch. Anybody going to watch that on Sunday? I don't oh, think anyone, oh, anybody. Yeah. I no, will. Nobody's going to watch. Oh, no, I'm going to watch. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah nobody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know who's yeah. going to watch it? All the people who didn't vote for Putin, which is nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I have a 55-gallon drum of popcorn ready. Yeah. Anyway. You do. Um. But this was a big story because it happened in a state court, and it has to do with somebody suing Trump, and that's Summer Zervas. You remember her? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Summer yeah. Zervas. Remember her? She, she came forward during the election. She was one of the 19 accusers. She is represented by um, none other than Gloria Allred. You know her. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think I heard of her. I think I, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I just said no. I think I've heard. I think I've heard of Gloria already. I think right. So. The significance of this suit is is that it's in a state court, right? And today the judge dismissed Trump's motion to have it dismissed. So it will go forward, and there will be discovery, and the president will have to give a deposition. Mm, please, please, baby. Boom, shakalaka. Good for you, Summer Zervas. This may turn out worse than the Stormy Daniels one because it's going to be in a state court and she is suing him for defamation because he said she was a liar and now he's going to have to prove it. Boom, shakalaka. Boom, shakalaka. Boom, shakalaka. And boom, boom, shakalaka goes right there. Snap, push, and pop. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So snap, crackle, pop at the uh, deposition, Donnie, and uh, bring your distant future. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And bring your reading glasses this time. I don't think they're going to buy it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So earpiece. He'll have an earpiece. Uh, All right. So my quick quick parting shot is that I am going to march on Saturday. The not too distant future. (laughs) 
it really isn't the not too distant future. No. I'm going to march with. I'm going to march on Saturday with people from uh, the Stephanie Miller show. I don't know oh, where good. you guys are going to march, but please march on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, right uh, here, here, here in DC, they're expecting five hundred thousand people, which would also be known as a half a million. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna look and see what's going on in downtown. I'm assuming we're gonna have a march, and if there is, uh, we'll be there. It's just been that's where I'm gonna be. Yeah, you um, just gotta for you gotta forgive me. I'm coming off of the uh, the whirlwind of St. Patrick's Day um, because it's 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 a truly mind numbing event for me because I had to work <laughs> yeah, I, I had to work I had to work Saturday and then yesterday was nuts. But yeah, well, this is something, because Susan mentioned this earlier. She's like, is anybody talking about this? It's downtown. So, it is downtown. Check the Resistor Sisters Twitter account. Well, check the, uh, at Radio Resistor. Yes, uh, that's check right. That. Check, and, check that account. Um, and, I'll post it, I'll post it to the turnips. There are marches everywhere, everywhere. across the country everywhere. and across Europe. Yeah, yeah. And thank you to our European allies for doing that. So uh, we appreciate that. And thank you, our European allies, for undercovering, uh, uh, uncovering, I'm sorry, undercovering, uncovering by going undercover Cambridge Analytica's bullshit shenanigans. We really, you know, because I, I heard somebody, somebody on Facebook the other day, I said, uh, I, I put a post up that said, um, if there was a chemical attack regarding the Russian uh, chemical attack uh, on the the former spy in his daughter in Russia, and then the other mysterious death. I said you can you know you can be sure that if there was a chemical attack on American soil, our allies in the UK wouldn't be silent. And somebody else, uh, somebody, some very cynical person who's a lefty, put on, oh well, our election was hacked. What have they done? Check out the news because that's what they've done. Cambridge Analytica has been—it's been blown wide open, and it's—it's it's just another piece of the puzzle. And you know what? They got our back, and under Trump, we don't have theirs. Yeah. So you know, don't you know, don't forsake our allies in in the UK because that's what the Trump cult has done. You know. Don't do it, you know. Just keep in mind that one more parting shot is that the United Kingdom has told, they sent a letter to Zuckerberg yeah. saying, guess what? Get on a plane because we ha we want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Sure. And and let's not forget, you know, Christopher Steele, you know, I mean, what he might not have been affiliated with the government at that point, but, you know, uh, he... He had connections into Russia, being a former spy, and you know, I mean, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't have anything else. I'm just kind of rambling right now. I'm kind of brain know, dead. But we had it. We had a good night. show. We had a good show tonight. It was very, very cool. Um, we'll have some leftovers on uh, uh, regarding Alexander Nix and another one from Mark Turnbill from Cambridge Analytica. Again, Alexander Nix has had to step down from Cambridge Analytica, but that whole company needs to be fucking dissolved. They need to be acorned out of existence. So, yeah. Um, well, maybe maybe Friday we can talk about the Mercers and the Cambridge. Yeah, Analytica. yeah. 
definitely. So we'll 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 grind down. I'll have a little bit more time to to kind of fine tune what I, what audio I have. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about it more. But anyway, uh, the Tim Carmel show is coming up in just a couple minutes. Uh, you're gonna want to listen to it because uh, you don't want to miss uh, any of the uh, snaps. Uh, this snap, push, and pop. Yeah. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be good. So anyway, um, yeah, we'll uh, see everybody on Friday. Check out all the other fine programs here on Indie Media Weekly. And that's pretty much it. That's all. Bye bye. That's it. Over and out. Rock and roll. God bless America. Time for go to bed. I'm finished. Goodbye. We now conclude broadcast activities. On behalf of the management and staff, we wish you a pleasant good night. Thank you. Good night, Lawrence. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Woo! I found my field.